Tuesday nights every week. Three hour show that you really love. Bringing all the comedy that you come to like. Everything you want to hear on the best show. Calls, although he lets some duds through, I still tell him that they can't, they're not fit to carry his jock because Mike is the best, and that's just how it is. guy and everybody likes him. The phone number is 201-332-3484. Call in and Michael screen your call. Listen to the thing. I really should sing it here. Listen to that triangle working in the background. Joey Kramer must have been going over time on this track. I wonder if the other three guys in Aerosmith are made to feel bad all the time. Hey everybody, it's the Bad Show. Listen show don't you know that it's time for the bed show hey, look at the calendar and the clock on the wall it's time for the bed show my name's tom and i'm here it's the bed show and that's how we do it every tuesday and it's the best show and we're gonna do it the way we always do it so let's do it to it because it's time for the best show. That's right. That's how we do it on Tuesday nights. And you know it, and I know it. And since we all know it, what are we waiting for? Let's just start the show. Hey, we got a great show tonight. We got Scott Thompson is going to call in in a little bit. We'll talk to him for a few minutes. I believe we'll have another uh, uh, guest in the world of comedy calling in. I think we might have Derek Beckles calling in his new show. Mostly for millennials. We'll talk about that. And then more stuff. And the topic is a continuation of something we were doing on our bonus best show we did over the weekend that you can only get at patreon.com slash the best show. What was the first R-rated movie you saw and what was the first concert you saw? It was a good topic. Let's continue it for the general populace of the best show audience now. We'll keep that going. And remember, the only way to support the best show is to go to patreon.com slash the best show and 
do what you can. We appreciate all of it, and I tell you now, it's time to start the show, so let's get the show started. That's how it goes on Tuesdays. Here we go. It's time for the best show. So sit back, relax, get that uh, cold Kirkland light out on this hot July evening, and sit back and enjoy another episode of The Best Show. My name's Tom. I'm the host of the show tonight. This current installment, I will be your host on this fine, on this muggy July evening. You like it out there, Mike? It's like a swamp, huh? You'd think we would be on the on the on the bayou the way it is out there. You'd think we would come to the the studio on one of those boats with a giant fan on the back. But we're not. We're here in New Jersey. Doing a Jersey style. I went to Starbucks earlier and the kid behind the counter was saying, uh, 
I said something about uh, a shirt I was wearing, and it had a uh, design on it by Best Show uh, 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 artist Jeff T. Owens, and he was like, uh, he's like, oh, that's a cool shirt. I was like, yeah. My friend Jeff uh, did it. He's uh, the shirt design and different things, and uh, he does all sorts of things. He's like, I'd like to do stuff like that. I said, yeah, he's down in... Uh, down in Florida, and then uh, he's like, "Man, I wish I could live in Florida." And I was like, well, "You know, it'd be really hot, like it is uh, here today, rainy and real muggy." And he goes, and he thought I was saying that in like a positive way. He goes, "Yeah, I know." He goes, "New Jersey sucks so bad. I'd love it." I was like, okay, good, go. What do you want me to tell you? What's holding you back? Go go throw yourself in a suitcase and uh, throw, just walk on an Amtrak train and zip yourself into a suitcase before the conductor finds you. Throw yourself on one of the luggage racks and you find an empty uh, roomette and you bounce in and out of it. We just heard from Spider Bags, one of my favorite bands. New Jersey, formed in New Jersey. Spider Bags, that's right. You know, Dan McGee. Used to be in, uh, what is, I guess, a super group now, DC Snipers. He was in DC Snipers. Spider Bags is his, is, is his life's project now, uh, musically and, that was a song called Eileen from, uh, it was on a seven inch and now it is on a collection of singles called Singles. Put out by Church Key Records. They comped up all the stuff. So can't go wrong with Spider Bags. They've got an album coming out on Merge next month. It will be good. And it already, I heard, we've played it on the show. It's good. It's great. You're kidding. Why? Well, I got to say will be. It is. So check it out. You like that, Mike? Yeah. I know you don't usually... You might have been thrown because it wasn't uh, uh, 19 minutes long. And it wasn't originally based on a... Uh, on a two-minute rock, rock and roll song. I'm gonna tell you who it's gonna be. Can't help it. Got that out of the way. Gotta take a shot at the... Yeah, anybody playing Best Show Bingo at home? I just made fun of the Grateful Dead. And now I'm gonna ask Mike if he's had a Kirkland Light yet. Somebody might have already yelled Bingo. Who's good here, Mike? Line one. Mike says line one is good. Let's check it out. Best Show, hi. Hi, welcome to the best show. Hey, hey, I'm here. Yeah, you are. What's up? All right, I'm ready. Yeah, Mike, Tom. It's Tom. Tom, hey Tom, this is Nick from Indiana. Nick, what's up, Nick? Hey Tom, I just went to Asheville, North Carolina, and I saw the great Kurt Bile. 
Yeah. He's the best. He was he was he was awesome, man. He he was great. But I have a little bone to pick with uh Asheville, the city itself. All right. Well first of all, how far is Asheville from where you live now? Well, you know, it's only about a six hour drive and I took my wife to Western Carolina and we had a lovely time in the in the mountains, but uh mm-hmm. I had a friend in town and Kurt, I saw Kurt Bile playing and uh I figured we're gonna go into town. Sure. And yeah, yeah. Well, I got to tell you, Tom, it seems like uh, they treat everybody there. If you're not, I guess, are in the circle, you're a tourist, you know. Mm-hmm. And uh, for some reason, uh, the, the, the Major League Baseball team, their affiliate, is called the tourist, but they still treat you like garbage. How did you get treated like garbage in Asheville, North Carolina, my friend? Well, Tom, uh, you know, when you walk in to like a, uh, you know, they have a, they have a brewery about every block, right? You can't, you can't throw a stick. And not hit a brewery, right? But anytime you try to walk up and be like, hey, what's the best beer to get? They uh, kind of choose like, well, if you don't know, then you must be having out of town, you know? And I'm from a, I'm from a town that has plenty of breweries. We got three, which is, I think is a reasonable number. But there's so many breweries here that I, I you know, it just kind of threw me off. And so I say, what's your recommendation? And, uh, they just kind of look down at you like, well, if you don't know, then you must be a tourist. Well, why would they care? Everybody can't be from the same place. Uh, exactly. So, if, if, you know, not everybody is there from Asheville, North Carolina. How how can they not expect well, let me uh, let me ask you a question. Could you have done anything, okay. anything to have set them off? Be completely honest. Could you have done anything to have raised any flags? Well, you know what? I will say this. I would say, I don't know which beer is on your menu, but just give me the one of the most alcohol, ABV, I guess. Did that's, you say that's that? That's the only thing I could say. And did you say that? Did you well, say, give me I don't the know. Beer the I, I want them beer. to sell me on the beer, Tom. But did you say to them, give me the beer with the highest alcohol content? <laughs> well, after looking at their menu, I don't understand, you know, because I drink a lot of Kirkland Light, so I don't know which one's the best on, one. Hold on, hold on, wait, wait, slow, slow. You drink, a, you do drink, in all seriousness, you drink a lot of Kirkland Light? Well, Coors Light, you know, but, you know, times are tough, so I go, I go get a Kirkland every now and again, yeah. sure. And I, I found, I found with Mike, he can't, I've, we did a taste test off there, he could not tell the difference between Kirkland Light. Well, a blind Mike. taste test, sure, I, I can agree with that. Yeah. He was drinking the Kirkland Light, and he was just like, hmm, this is... Uh... So if Mike walks into a bar, which, uh, you know, a bar like in Nashville, where there's snooty people behind the, you know, behind the thing, you know, and they look down at you saying, like, if you don't know what you want, you know, tell me what you want. I'd be like, well, sell me on the beer. I don't know. I, I didn't know how to act. Mike, what, what do you make of this guy? You, you, you are a barkeep. What do you make of this guy? Mike thinks you're an idiot. Oh well, that's fair enough. I mean, that's probably a little bit true, but now Mike said, you know, Mike, Mike I, said you sound like trash. <laughs> what was that again, well, Mike? He sound. He said you sound like trash, and that if you went into a bar uh, he was working at, you wouldn't walk. You wouldn't be walking out. I wouldn't. Oh, talk. really? Okay. It's tough okay, talk. I guess that's fair. I, you know, 
Look, uh, I, Mike's a tough. Uh, Mike's a tough. Uh, tough barkeep. Well, I also have a real quick one um, for the topic. If I can sneak it in, please, by all means, let's hear it. Can I say? Can I say hi to my man Matt too? Though I wish. He, uh, I, I buy wish. him a. I buy him an AP Mike. Uh, Headshot for his birthday. Of course, and then of course you can. You bought an AP Mike headshot (laughs) for your friend Matt. Yeah, we share the same birthday, April 14th. Okay, happy birthday to you and Matt. For his birthday, he got he got a he got a headshot of AP Mike, which he just trashed me, called me a piece of garbage. So, fair enough. He didn't. I made that up. To be honest, Mike Mike didn't say that. Mike said he was on your side with it he feels that you should be able to come in and talk and and uh, not have it well be. i'll make it short my first my first concert was uh new kids on the block and my first r-rated movie if you call it a movie was a uh, delirious by eddie murphy that would be a movie you call that a movie sure it was in a movie theater right i, I don't know i wasn't alive then when it came out i guess you're right i don't know he did a movie. Was it? it was Raw was in the movie theater. I think he did. I don't know, but it was like an R-rated thing. The language it was like toilet language. Yeah, I had a, I had I had a brother that was four years older than me. He was sixteen. I was twelve. Well, tell me more I about to this. Watch him with my buddy. Tell me about this new kids on the block concert. How'd that come about? Well, I live in a smaller smaller town. It's about one hundred and twenty thousand people, and uh, that was the biggest act in nineteen ninety one. I guess. Okay. So I was 11, and I guess I'm pretty impressionable. And there I went down to the, the big city, and uh, we went and saw New Kids on the Block. All right. I can't name you two songs, Tom. Sure you can. I know you can. You can name You can name one. Okay, Come step on. by step. There you go. And then you can name what's the biggest one is. Oh, oh, All right, oh, fine. Oh, Hang it tough. Fine. Hang it tough. Now, and then if I tell you, oh, 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 oh. The no right, right stuff. stuff. See, yeah. name okay. three. You did three. Gosh dang it. I know three new kids on the oh, three. You've been going around telling everybody you couldn't name two, and you named three within 15 seconds. No wonder you got thrown out of that bar. <laughs> yeah, I didn't get thrown out. I just I just want them to sell me on a, on a chocolate beer, you know, oh, I guess. Well, look, Asheville, it's a cool place. Maybe too cool. Maybe too cool for school. And uh, you were you were coming off as just like a, a, a like a, a a normal slob, and they didn't take kindly to a slob rolling through town. But I'll tell you this: I don't like it. You seem like a good guy. I don't like it. Shame well, on and Kurt Vile was uh, oh, Kurt Vile rocked the house, you yeah, know, and he was a good guy. So yeah, but the shame. I on felt like you. I was a okay. good company. Good. Yes, you did it. All right, my friend. All right, bud. Have a great night. Sure, like they would talk over me. Had no problem with that. Who's on the hotline, Mike? Oh, hotline. Hotline's hot. I'm being told to go to the hotline because there's a famous person on the hotline now. Let me see. The hotline's only for this top notch, this hotline. Hello? Welcome? Hello? Hi. Is this Scott Thompson? Hi, Tom. How are you? I'm good. Welcome, good. welcome to the show. Thanks Thank for you. coming on. It's very. I, I'm having a hard time hearing you. Um, okay, let's see. How about now? How's all over your face? Is someone trying to smother you? No, no. I'm talking. Oh, what? How Is about? Me? Oh my God, it's me. Someone's trying to smother me. Oh no! Look out! <laughs> it's all right. Watch. 
How about now? Can you hear me any better now? Is this better? You know what? I'm going to say yes. That's what I do all the time. I'm just like, yeah. I mean, even if I don't, it just, you know what? It's a placebo. Yes, I do. The placebo effect is working. Sure. People say to me, how are you doing? And I'll just say, let's just say I'm fine. There we go. Let's just say I hear you perfectly. Yes, great. Well, thank you for calling in, Scott, and congratulations on all of your many accomplishments, the latest of which is your new album, Not a Fan. Yes, thank you. And I heard it, and it's really funny. Oh, you actually listened to it. Of course I did. Well, because, you know, in this new modern era of, like, publicity, I've been doing a ton of podcasts, and... Very few of them have actually listened to it, and yet they're being on a podcast about depression or cancer. And next thing you know, they're triggering you, and you're in tears. So it's a lot. To, so it's nice to hear that you actually did listen to it. Yes. Yeah. So Thank you're you. on. You're on a thing. You're talking all about being sick and doing all the stuff and crying, and then you're just like, "Yeah, I got a new album." They're like, "Yeah, we didn't listen to it though." Exactly, because the album is all that stuff with all the pain, you know, filtered out. And I'm like, "Oh no, just go to the comedy." Now the album is really great, and it is it is interesting to see how you took on some the the themes you take on throughout it, and right. and frame it in the context of 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 being of be of being funny and also of you being funny doing it. It's definitely right. it's definitely your you taking on your own life and kind of making it all yeah. funny in the way you yeah. do other. Things. I, I I just think that comedy there's nothing comedy can't touch. There's nothing too dark for comedy and uh, if you give it enough time and you work hard enough you'll be able to make anything seem funny yeah and and uh look the title track i don't want to say what it is but the when when you know the album's called oh yeah i know what you're talking about if you know if if you hear the album's called not a fan and then you're wondering (laughs) what that is just listen to the album and it'll be like, oh my god, that's how that album... <laughs> it's the punchline, yeah. Yes. I thought you called out the title track, I didn't realize that, but I guess it is the title track. I, I didn't even think, I was just listening to it, and then it, it just... <laughs> oh my god. Yeah, halfway through the I album, the title, the title shows. Oh, it's so funny. Um, <laughs> so what is the road that takes you from all these different things to <sighs> now getting on stage and doing this? Well, you know, I always, I've always um, dabbled with stand-up, but I never took it on as an actual um, career or an art form because it wasn't really available to a person of my ilk years ago. Um, you couldn't really be open about who you were and the kind of comedy that I would like to do. You couldn't really stand on stage and be a gay man. It wasn't possible until very recently. And uh, unless you wanted to, like, just work in, like, um, the ghetto circuit. Do you know what I mean? Like, just gay circuit. Because that could be done. Sure, you but could. You can... You can address your your comedy to to a to a culture and to a a, a crowd, yeah. and then but you're yeah. you're always going to play to just that crowd. Absolutely, yes, yes. But now it's different. People are much more uh, open, and I don't feel that tension anyway. And I mean, when I was at the kids in the hall, once I met the kids in the hall, that was it. I just that was it. I wasn't doing anything else but them for a long, long time. But when I first started out, I would have. I wanted to be a stand-up comedian, but I had I tried it a few times, and it was a terrible experience. Both all of them, they were abusive from the audience and the comedians. And I went, I can't handle this. Mm-hmm. This is the '80s, UK. This is a very different time. Sure. And then I found the kids in the hall very soon after, and that was it. But after I got cancer uh, eight nine years ago, when I got better, I decided that I had nothing really to be afraid of. 
that life had tried to kill me over and over again and it wasn't able to. And um, the world had changed enough that I could stand on stage and be myself and not hide behind a character, which, is, which I've always done and I still continue to do. But I thought, I can do this properly. So I just thought, thought well, I, I kind of want to remake myself and be rediscovered, so I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to reinvent my career. So that's what I did. I just thought, I'm going to start over again. And I, I, I was in Canada because I had to go home for the health care. Mm-hmm. And I stayed to reinvent myself because I thought, well, in Canada, even though people know me, there's a star system. So they're going to allow me to completely go back to the clubs and work in anonymity until I'm ready. And an American is ready to look at me. Sure. So that's what I've done. Well, it's, it's, it's exciting because there is such a, when you work in a group, when any of these, any kind of collaborative thing, it's mm-hmm. like there's a safety in that and there's a comfort in that mm-hmm. you know people have your back. But there's yeah. also that sharing of the ball that you have to yeah. kind of do. But for you to now just be like, yeah, I'm going out there all alone, completely exposed, but anything, there, there, there's nothing between what's in your head and what's coming no. out of your mouth and going to the audience. You know no, you, you can't blame Bruce for having an off day or Dave yeah. for being hung over or whatever. You just can't. And you can't, you know, like in a group, you can always have one person off. But when it's just you, you can't really be off. And if you are off, you have to fake it. And sometimes, that's why I think you people love to see viral videos of comedians losing it. But I look at them with empathy and I go, oh, yeah, I've been there. Yeah, I guess because you, know? you have to, uh, yeah, it's there's no, there's no uh, looking at the other guy and just being like, yeah, I'm not, I'm not in it tonight. You, uh, you got to carry this. <laughs> there's a little bit of that, yes. Yeah. But we're not allowed to have bad days. But, you know, it's been a real thrill for me. I'm, I'm really enjoying it, and um, it's something that I've always wanted to do. Like, I mean, I've dabbled. I used to do something called on Cabaret all the time, Beth Lapidus' show, and I used to, and I would do one-person shows, et cetera, but they would not be stand-up. They would be characters, and I'd go into a bit, and I'd go into another character. So they weren't, they weren't stand-up. Stand-up to me is a very different, very pure form where it's just you, your personality, like a distillation of your personality in front of an audience. And it's fascinating. Um, but because, because I think they're really always, the audience really kind of wants you to, they want you to succeed or really fail. <laughs> yeah, some people want to be there for the night yeah. that's, that Scott Thompson lost it and they got yes. to see that. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Um you know, and, and uh, that's definitely a possibility. Oh, I'm sure there's people who just go, it's like, hey, you know that night Michael Richards was on stage? Oh, God, just yeah. Like, if anybody was in that room, they're telling that story every night of their life. That well, they were... exactly. Lewis's career, he should have gotten a bigger career. So many, so much joy to those people. When you really think about it, like everybody who was in that room, it's true, is dining out on that story. Yeah, so, for years, they, it's like I got to funny. see that. I saw that guy. I saw that guy lose millions of dollars in front of my eyes. Were you there? No, no, no. I'm saying people oh, are saying. Oh, I, that. See. Oh, you, I thought I you wish. were bragging. Oh, please, yeah. I wish I was. I mean, that that would be worth its weight in gold. And even if I was black, I'd be like, ah, it was worth it. <laughs> Watch! Oh, I'm too far. No, no. Now, what is it different when you do your buddy Cole show? What is? What, yeah. How is that different to take ideas and things and fit? Well, it's 
fascinating because, you know, like, I'm pretty out there. I don't really hedge my bets. But even I'm afraid of certain things, especially in this day and age. But Buddy is not afraid of anything. He just doesn't give a shit. Mm-hmm. And um, it's, it's, that, it's incredible. Big Buddy now is such a joy because I get to say whatever I want. And I, the, if people are offended, I just move on. And it's like, it's a character. So they allow him to do a lot more. And I also think that, oh, sure, like I'm a white man, and all white men aren't allowed to say anything, but I'm a gay man. And I'm not just a gay man. I'm an older gay man. So my generation had it so bad. Like, we suffered like hell. So in this new world of, like, who suffered the most, we kind of win. So it gives me this freedom that no white man in comedy in my generation has. And it's a, it's a thrill, and I'm, I mean, it's weird, I feel bad, but I'm like, wow. oh, man, this is great. But Buddy can do anything. And everybody says to me, you can't say that. You can't say that. But I go, but I just did. And the person that you would think would be offended is the one laughing the most. So that's why mm-hmm. that I'm on to something. I really yeah. feel that the public is really wanting this kind of tiptoeing around in comedy to end. I sure do. Yeah, I think there's a I think there's an adjust there's an adjustment. Things need to shake out in certain ways and people yeah. I'm I'm glad people are speaking up and saying things that where they never had a voice. But there's also, it's just the line is being defined while True. people are we're, we're living with the want, line being defined. I am one of those people that has been denied a voice in many ways. I've never been able to go to that next level. And when I say it's gone too far, mm-hmm. people should listen to when a minority says it's gone too far. Yeah. No, look, you're, you, you were in the trenches on this. When, I've been, yeah, I was first through the, one of the first through the door. So I'm wounded. I'm missing a leg. So I get to say a few things. Exactly. And you can do it the way with Buddy. It's almost like a ventriloquist act where people, they blame it on the dummy. These guys, they, yeah. when the ventriloquist, it's like, hey, you can't say that. This audience is, these are nice people. You can't <laughs> talk that way to them. Buddy, unlike me, like I still have that wall between my emotions and my comedy. Is it, it's amorphous. It can be breached. And when no, that wall is breached, usually in my mind, in comedy, when emotion breaches the wall, it destroys comedy. But Buddy's wall is as thick as the wall Trump wants to build. Like, it's impenetrable. So it's like no matter what, he can't be thrown because he separated it. So like, he separated his emotions and his thinking um, so clearly that it, it's, it's funny because if it was me and I got in trouble or I said something that might have gone too far... I might feel like a lurch in my stomach, mm-hmm. but no, not Buddy. All, all Buddy hears is the word is charge. Yeah, and then you just go. Yeah, everybody else is going the other way, and Buddy's exactly <laughs> what yeah. into the breach. Yeah. Everybody else is running away. Well, that's exciting. That's an exciting thing, and it's a thing that you can go back to over and over. They have this character oh, that grows yeah. with you throughout your life. You have this. It pack. really is. I go, fuck, I can't believe I waited all this time for this. And it just feels like, oh, this is the perfect time for me. I mean, it would have been nice if I was younger, but 
you know what? I think I'm just really enjoying it now that I, in a way that I wouldn't have. Exactly. Now you at least you you have some appreciation for things, and it's just yeah. It's just a, you, when you realize that there's not an infinite amount of times at bat, I think yes. then you you appreciate every time at bat. Absolutely. Which is weird because in comedy, everyone's like, so many comedians are like just they're so sad about everything they can't function. I'm like. Ah. I don't really feel like that because for me it's like oh, I've been through such a rocky, I've had such a rocky life that now I feel like my plane is just, you know, hit, you know, cruising altitude. I'm in the, into the light, so I'm I'm having the time of my life. Sure. It feels bad to say it, but no, I'm having a great time. You're allowed to, but think about this: it's like when you think of the people who, where their thing popped. And look, you had a lot of success with Kids in the Hall at, at a very young age. And there, there's a whole interesting thing with that of of something defining you at such a young age that you kind of... Yes, I, I was in my 20s, yeah. That kind of follows you. And there's something, look, there's something nice that people care about a thing that long. Oh, and I'm proud of it, yes. Yeah, that you can, exactly. It's something you're proud of that they care about. There's kind of nothing better than, you can't ask for more than that, to have a thing that you like doing... Yeah. They care about you guys can all go back to it and then go do your own things and kind of re, regather when it's time is right. But, but there's something that it wasn't like the world's most, it wasn't like a show. It wasn't like in living color where it was like no, 40 million no. people were watching it. No, 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 and, no, no. Uh, everything I've ever, everything, all, everything, all five of us as a group and as individuals have all been solemnly cold. Yeah, and you, but but you've been able to. You, you, I think another thing when you realize when you start getting older, you realize there's people who hit their thing hot early, and then now yeah. they're just in the shadow of the thing forever. Oh, absolutely, but you get to kind of go up a step each time through your whole yeah. life. It's like that's infinite. That sounds like that's the better deal every it, which it, way. It right? And yet you don't realize that when I was young, I just thought, I want to be a superstar. And I was furious that it didn't happen. I was furious that because of who I was, it didn't stop me from going to that next level that I felt I should go to. But now I look at those people that in my generation of comedians and actors that, have, that did very, very well and became huge. And I see them now struggling to remain relevant. You know what I mean? Sure. Struggling to apologize for their money and their power. And I'm going, oh, I don't have to do any of that. No, you're you're in it, and you're you're, you're a valid creative force now. Pardon me. You're a valid creative force at this point in your life. They would That's they right. wish they could have that again. Well, it, it, it's true. I don't think I'm kidding myself, but I, I kind of go. I'm kind of relevant. I don't have to. It's yeah. weird. No, it's great. And that's really. And I look at so many people with all their money and power and giant homes and go, God, I can't believe I'm saying this, but I wouldn't trade where I am for the world. No, it's it's really. It's really an exciting thing because you're you're here for the thing that made you want to do it in the first place, which was right. being funny, yeah. making yeah. being creative, and that's still yeah. why you're and here. learning something new and learning new skills and 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 still just trying to like be part of the conversation. That's all I ever really wanted, and I feel like I'm on the verge of it happening again, or maybe for the first time ever, really. Or and yeah. 
it's a real thrill. No, it's a very exciting thing, and this is something you uh, it, it did not come easy, but no, but no, it came. Not. no. But it, you're, but it's where you're at. You took it. You you took your lumps. You're riding the ride. You know what? Yeah, you don't know what people have suffered. You can't tell. You have no idea what anyone's been through. You just have no idea. Because look, I got this guy who screens calls for me out there. Oh this, yeah, this guy Mike. He's falling apart, right? I think oh, yeah. it's a polite way of saying it. Mike, is that fair to say? He's still mad that the Grateful Dead broke up. He's still he's been oh, lost ever right. since ever Jeez. since Jerry Garcia died. He's been lost. Right. But it's like twenty years now. This guy's been adrift. But not like but that's not where you're at. You're at you're at oh, a place. God, like this. No, so no look, I got over the Grateful Dead. I, I was angry that the Grateful Dead were formed originally. That's what made yeah, me furious. He's gonna be mad now. I'm gonna have to calm him down for twenty because you said that it's gonna be a half hour after the show of me talking him down from you saying you're mad the Grateful Dead formed. Mike, he Scott didn't mean that. He said that. <laughs> And he's out there. You know what he's drinking tonight? Kirkland Light. Do you know what that? That's the that's the beer they sell at Costco. <laughs> so this this is I'm what I'm. Hard time hearing you. <laughs> yeah. So now yeah now you wish the you couldn't hear me. Um, well, Scott, look, you're you're. This is such a, a joy to have you call in and be a part of this. And thank you. Yes. You know, Tavy Phillips, who's who. Who's always who's the queen of the kids in the hall? I'm sure she's listening. I don't know. Are you live? You're not live, are you? Are you? Oh yes, we're live. She's you listening. Like, Tavy's she's great. Show and she's been begging me to do it, so I I thought I'm gonna I'm gonna do it. No, I've she, heard tons about it, so I'm thrilled I'm finally doing she's it. She's awesome. Kevin did it a couple years ago. Now you're okay. in, so we're going down the checklist. And uh, thank you for doing. And the album is really funny. It's called thank Not you. a Fan. And what is the label? Comedy Dynamics. Call me dynamic, yeah. Yeah, it's really great, and people should listen to it. And what, what, what? Where can people find out what uh, you're doing? On, on like, iTunes. Okay, people get it on iTunes. Are you going around? Yeah. Are you doing shows? Yes, I will. I'm going to Montreal um, tomorrow, actually, for just for laughs for seven days. Okay, so people keep an eye out. I'll be doing it's really. I'll be doing Buddy Cole, the Buddy Cole show at Prelude de Luge for a week. It's really exciting, and I'm so glad you're where you're at right now, and it's Thank all you, deserved. Tom. All right, you take care, and we will talk soon. Okay. Thank you. Okay, bye. Hi, everybody. Tim Heidecker here. We have a brand new Office Hours that just came out of the oven. We've got legendary psych rocker Ty Siegel, and Doug is back from down under. G'day. G'day. And his mommy came with him. Mommy and Gary Lusenhop are here, too. Alicia let me know that she finished the White Album, has thoughts on that. So much more on this legendary episode of Office Hours. Find us on your podcast app of choice or watch us on YouTube at youtube.com slash office hours live. Who are the animals because I don't smell them. That was exciting. How was that, Mike? I'm sorry I sold you out with him. You're not, you're not the drift since the Grateful Dead broke up. Why do I do that? Why did I do that? Mike, can you come in here? I want to apologize to your face for that. Why did I do that? Why did I say, why did I say that, Mike? I'm small. You know why I'm a small person? I'm a bully. It's a bullying technique. I apologize. Here, you know what? 
Seriously. Here's ten dollars. Here's ten dollars. <laughs> That's for the. <laughs> he took it. I didn't think he was going to take it. Yeah, Tavy's great. Tavy runs all this, uh, all this uh, kids in the hall stuff online, and uh, yeah, that was nice. His album's really funny. It's really, uh, it's real. It's stunningly filthy. Also, it's like the album is like it was in a couple spots. It's breathtakingly dirty and. Um, it was very funny. Um, yeah. Somebody said, I think if I wanted to, Tom wanted to, he could do a fresh air type interview show. Yeah, I could. This is the thing people don't realize. I'm going to say this. These interview shows, there's only a few people who are good at that. Mark Maron's good at it. But all these other people, they're not good at it. They're bad at it. They're bad. They're really... I was listening, I was driving in, I'm listening to Sirius uh, Radio, which I, I probably should get removed from my car at this point. Um, it's... Uh, I'm listening and uh, there's a channel on it called volume which is like it's talk it's music talk it's not music it's talk about music so naturally all the all the heavyweights get shows on this like uh mark goodman has a show on it he's i've heard him say uh uh gems like uh that when they were listening the top five bands from the the top five california bands of all time mike you know who he put in his top five of California bands? Fleetwood Mac. No, there's two. There's been 19 people in the band from England. And then just because the, the two join, two of them joined eight years into the band. Two non-British non people join. That was his top five California bands of all time. So, look, the channel's a disaster. And they play these um interviews. Everyone's got an interview show on this, and some of them are good. It's like, but like Melissa Etheridge has an interview show on this thing. And she started off saying like, and look, she seems like a nice person, She, but she's just like, I want to just, the intro of the show is she's like, I, it's important that we honor musicians. It's like, oh, by all means, it's let's, that's what's been missing is musicians being put on a pedestal. That's what's been missing from music is some sort of worship dynamic with musicians. So you're like, well, she's going to, she must have a great guest on, of course, if this is how she, she has a Timothy B. Schmidt on this loser, this like, this wet noodle who was in the Eagles. Was he in Poco also? This guy's the worst. Hi, it's me, Timothy B. Schmidt, right? So, I'm listening to them talk. The one guy, the, the Timothy B. Schmidt, he starts talking about, 
Yeah, I had the picture from my record taken in Hawaii. Start talking about like Hawaii. Well, this is very, very relatable. And she's talking about which island in Hawaii. And they're like. And then he's like, I had Jim Keltner play on my album. And she's like, oh, Jim Keltner played on one of my records. And he's like, I ran into Rick Rubin and told him that Jim Keltner was. It's like, what? What is this? Name drop bingo? First of all, it was an indictment of the state of California. It made the state of California seem like a repellent to me that on any given day I could run into Timothy B. Schmidt or Rick Rubin. And I told Rick, I told Rick that, that, uh, that Jim Keltner was going to be playing on my album. And he said, he said, um, Don't, uh, don't tell him what to do. Just let him do what he's got. So uninteresting. These interviews, it's not hard. It's, it's not easy to do. You got Alec Baldwin doing an interview. Got to listen to that windbag. He just wants to interview himself. Today on the Alec Baldwin interview show, I'll be interviewing myself, but there will be another person sitting in the room. There will be a conduit to the conversation I'm going to have with myself, about myself. Now, I could do an interview. It's nice of you to say. I could do I could do a Fresh Air show. And she, the, who does Fresh Air is Terry Gross. She's not, she's not very good either. That's not very good. She's, she's, no, she's, she's, she's very, you know, no, she's very good. She's better than most of these people. She's still not great. Man, she's fine. Why am I picking on her? She's fine. Just these, just the the the, the, the NPR tood I can't handle anymore. These eggheads. Can't handle eggheads. The world the world's got too many eggheads in it. Too many eggheads. Bashow, hi. Hey, hello, Tom. How's it going? Good, good. Who's this? This is Kevin in Fairfield, Pennsylvania. How's it going tonight? What's up, Kevin? Uh, what do you got, you got playing? In the, but what's on the TV in the background there? What's what's going? Sorry on? about that. I, uh, I don't know what is it. Just I think I turned me. it down. It was uh, Jurassic Park: The Lost World oh, yeah, on Showtime. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Call the best show or watch Jurassic Park Two. I'll do both. Uh, sorry about what that. Multi? What are you? What are you? What are you? What are you uh, an, an app? You're do, opening multiple apps. What, what are you? Intel. You allow for multiple uh, apps no, to be open? No, on the TV. Was this an episode of You You Must Remember This with an Intel commercial at the beginning of it? I got that in one of my headphones, yeah. So should be hearing the MailChimp ad in a second. Um, I um, I had one for the uh, the topic, the, the first R-rated movie, and then you guys were also talking about uh, cinnamon raisin bagels on Sunday, like someone ordering yes. a sandwich on a cinnamon raisin bagel. Because we were, uh, let me say first, we did, we started this topic, first R-rated movie or first concert you saw. We did a bonus show on Sunday, best show. We did it live, and it's only available on Patreon now. Patreon.com slash the best show. It's for people who contribute to the Patreon, and you can get it there. And, um, 
Yeah, you can get it. And first of all, Sonny says, this Perry Shaw, who does this band Hound, wants to know, can I rank the Eagles best to worst? Yeah, here's the list. Joe Walsh, number one. The rest of the Eagles, number two. That's it. That's the entire thing right there. It's Joe Walsh and then the rest of the Eagles. So go. Do you, so, uh, do you put Glenn Fry's son in there at all now that he's sort of Deacon a Fry? This guy named it. This guy, this is Glenn Fry. This is how demented that guy was. He named his son after Sherman Helmsley's character on the show Amen. Deacon Fry. A weirdo. That's my I tell you, you hear you hear things. You know, you hear things about. I'm not saying. I'm not saying. What's his face? Who's the other? Who's the other guy in the Eagles? Uh, Don Henley. Yeah, I'm not saying. I'm not saying. I'm not saying anything. But you hear things. Oh, he's a he's a famous load, right? A real. Uh... Now nah, you hear things. We'll see. We'll see. We'll see. Ah. Uh... You hear things. We'll see. We'll see. So we'll see where we're at this time next year. So go ahead. So you go. What's the R-rated movie now? Um, well, I, I don't necessarily remember the first R-rated movie I saw. Period. But the first one I ever snuck into was a pretty embarrassing experience. It was uh, Jack and Mary make a. Can I can I say porno? Yeah, you you just did, and you could say it anyway. Uh, it was it was Jack and Mary make a porno, and we had to like sneak in. I think we bought tickets for fighting with um, Channing Tatum and it was the only time I've ever experienced like Usher's actually Wait, hold, hold on. Like, what movie did you buy tickets for? Zack and Mary make a porno. No, but what movie did you buy tickets? You bought movies for uh, tickets for a different movie and then snuck into Zack and Mary? Yeah, I, I, I think it was fighting with Channing Tatum. I can't fighting. be sure though. Oh, uh, yeah. One for fighting, please? Yeah. They should have known. They knew immediately, I think, that no one was paying to see that. Yeah. Zack and Mary... And look, this Kevin Smith. I'm look. I'm glad the guy's uh, the guy. Uh, I hope he's healthy. I want this guy to stay around for a hundred years. He's, he's look. Is he evil? No, he's not evil. Is he? Is he my cup of tea? No, he's not. But I don't root. I don't root against him. I, I hope. But no, I hope he lives for a hundred more years. Well, not a hundred more. That'd be weird. Yeah, it'd be a lot of Canada movies. One hundred forty-nine years old. What's that, Mike? He's having another live event in Red Bank. Someone please tell me when it is so I can not be in Red Bank. What's he doing at the the thing at the theater? What's he going to run his movies or something? What if I send you? Why don't you go, Mike? You're in the you're in the family. Mike's in the family. Mike's in the view of Skew family. He was in. Mike had a pretty prominent role in uh, Jay and Silent Bob uh, Strike Back. Did you know that? Mike Mike acted in that. Did you know that uh, young man on the phone? No, I'm not usually in it. He is. He acts in the in the in the comic book store. Mike's in a scene in that because Mike used to fight with Kevin Smith online all the time. Oh wow! Uh, yeah. So Mike fought with him, and then, uh, then he, uh, then Kevin Smith, maybe showing that he's a he's not a bad guy, says, uh, "Hey Mike, why don't you be in the movie?" Oh, that's pretty nuts. James, James Mike, I'm about to take back. You know how much Mike got paid for that? 
$130,000. Oh, wow. Jeez, yeah. that's... Uh, hundred thirty grand. That's what I make in a decade. And you know what he did with that money? He took it right to Atlantic City. <laughs> he bet it on on uh, on on uh, roulette, and he lost. He left the casino. Oof. Uh, so, yeah, so you, sne- you bought tickets for fighting and then sneaked into Zach and Miri make a porno. Yes, yeah, and I don't know if they had had, like, kids sneaking in before, but, like, ushers actually came in and made a beeline right toward us. And what did you do? Uh, well, I spilled my drink all over my e-cigarette length first. No. No, it's not you. Is it you? Was that him, Mike? Was that him? Did that just happen? You know what? It did just happen. That was e-cigarette. Oh, my God. I fell for that one. Mike, was that him? I have, I'm pretty sure it was him. Oh, my goodness. How about that? E-cigs for legs just got me. Guy gets me. He got me. He got me right in the wake of of uh, Scott Thompson. This guy's crafty. He's crafty. Guy got me. We also, I should just say, uh, Dudio's not here tonight. He's under the weather, and I hope uh, he feels better. We all, we all uh, hope Dudio feels better. We love you, Dudio. Well, not all of us, but. I do. And Pat does. <laughs> you can you can you can you can chart that one out, Dudio, to figure out <laughs> who's not in the in the loves Dudio category. You order that pizza, Pat? Yeah, E Sigs for Legs guy called. Got past Mike. Got past me. He guy got me. Yeah, don't worry about that, Pat. We got the guy. Best show, hi. Tom? Yes? Hi, this is Mike in Minneapolis. Mike in Minneapolis. What's up, Mike? Oh, not much. Uh, Doing some dishes, hanging out with my cat. Doing some dishes and hanging out with your cat. Yep. I hope you're not getting uh, cat hair all over the dishes. That'd be disgusting. That would be disgusting. I or, hope that's not suds, or suds on your cat. <laughs> yeah, I don't think she'd be happy about that. Neither would be good, right? Yeah, right. I do have uh, something for each portion of the topic this evening. Well, what's that now? The e-cigarettes uh, for let. I got you. I got him, <laughs> Mike. I got him. You got me. No, go ahead. Go. What do you got? Well, uh, I'm currently looking at a ticket stub for October 7th, 1983. Let me see if I can guess. guess. October 7th, 1983. Mike, how old is is Mike in 1983? Where are we at now? I was six. Okay, I can't guess this then. Just go ahead. Well, this was at the Rockford Metro Center in Rockford, Illinois, and I went and saw Sticks on the Mr. Roboto tour. Yeah, the Kilroy Was Here tour where they did their 
their act where they acted on stage. Yeah, and they showed the movie beforehand and everything. And they As did a, a uh, they did. <laughs> um, I'm sorry, somebody made me laugh. They wrote that Kevin Smith is doing a reading of Dogma at Surf Taco, which is a a restaurant at Taco Place in Red Bank. That oh, it got me. Red nothing like Red Bank humor to make make the night go a little faster. So that's the show where where that was the the finale of Dennis D Young in Sticks because that was his that was his. That was his version of the wall, where he's like, right. I, "I'm writing a concept album too, and then this will be my version of the wall." And then he did this Mr. Roboto thing, which is the dumbest thing you ever heard in your life. And yeah. he, um, he's just bom- He basically killed the band mm-hmm. because now the band is on stage acting. Yes, and people are going to see Sticks. Who who wouldn't you want to see do a, a basically a live play other than <laughs> Sticks? And then at the end of the thing, how much of this do you remember, Mike? Well, I so as at six, I remember loving the song Mr. Roboto. Yeah, and so my dad bought tickets. You know, my you know my single dad. Uh, he took me, and. Uh, I remember they the movie screen came down and I became very excited and I don't know if I could actually follow the plot <laughs> of you know the the whole premise of the fascist theocracy you know banning music or whatever but I was just so excited that they were showing a movie but I do remember thinking now looking back the Rockford Metro Center was not a large arena you know, it wasn't like a 14,000 seater. I'm sure it's, you know, it was five or 6,000. I do remember thinking there's a lot of empty seats here. <laughs> yeah, that tour bombed hard. If you watch, think there's like a behind the music or whatever for sticks. Right. Yeah, that tour was bad news, man. But uh, I, uh, this six year old loved it and it, it set me off on my career of loving live music. So at least it had that going for it. Yeah. And then you just, uh, do you remember the rock and roll medley at the end? I, I don't. I think I got fairly sleepy at the end. I do remember them acting things out and it not making any sense to me. Uh, I remember that the drummer mooned the crowd at some point and everybody cheered and I thought that was odd. (laughs) Who wouldn't want to see that? Um, (laughs) let me ask you a question. You're, you're, um, where are you from? Minnesota? Uh, yeah, I'm from Rockford originally, but I've been up in Minneapolis for 20 well, years. Let me ask you, uh, you have some Midwestern wisdom, huh? Right? Yeah. Uh, why, maybe. Why, why do I, why, why would I sell Mike out in front of Scott Thompson like that? Why would I make up a thing that Mike has been adrift for 20 years? Why? I feel, I, look, I paid the guy 10 bucks. A little stunned he <laughs> took it. He took, he took, he, he did not look back. He's out there gorging on pizza and he's got 10 bucks in his pocket. That's fine though. It's a price. It's a price of doing business, I guess. Why would I? Do? I want to correct myself, though. I want to make myself better. I just want to pay my way out of these these mic well, holes I get in. I do have a hypothesis about that. What, what's that? What's that? Was I trying to be a big man? Was I trying to be a big man in front of Scott Thompson? I and, I think it doesn't actually have anything to do with Mike at all. Oh, yeah. I think that you 
are genuinely somewhere deep within you, you're actually becoming a Grateful Dead fan, and you well, your body is rejecting this idea. But wouldn't I need and... to listen to the Grateful Dead to become a fan? I don't do that. <laughs> I can I can I can nip that one in the bud. When you're a fan of something, you you listen to it. Well, I don't know. You you talk you you talk about them an awful lot. You I know you make fun of the song titles. Yeah, imagine but... if we were in a world where people only talked about things they like. Right? <laughs> imagine you might want to go on Twitter sometime and check out and see if anybody <laughs> the the things that people talk about and see if any of them are things they like. Not me, baby. <laughs> the only thing I listen to these days, there's one person and one person only. And who's that? Elizabeth Grant. Oh. A.K.A. Lana Del Rey. Oh. My favorite. I've been listening to a lot of Courtney Burnett. She's great. She is. Yeah. Uh, I, I do have the movie portion if I still have your ear. All right. What do you got? So also my single father uh, took my me to see... In 1986, so I was probably nine. We went and saw Platoon in the theater. <laughs> that's great. Yeah, that's a great movie for us. How old are you? How old are you now? Nine. Nine. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. He he took me to see Fatal Attraction the next year. Oh, great. great job, <laughs> pops. Yeah. Yeah. Did he know about? Does he know? Did your father know about those letters that they put on each movie? <laughs> that, that, that kind of give you a heads up about what you're getting into? You, you know, I think my dad loves to go see movies. To this day, he still probably sees at least one movie a week. And I think if if a movie that he wanted to see was opening that weekend and it happened to be the weekend that I was with him, he just took me. <laughs> sure, he would be just like, I sure want to see this, this uh, Michael Douglas thing where he... Yeah, but I got uh, I got Mike. Yeah, he'll 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 roll with it, right? Yeah, yeah. The scene of of the in platoon where they you know decimate that village and everybody, and then yeah, the boiling of the rabbits and all that. That uh, I don't I don't think that those things did good things to me as a young child. No, no, that's rough stuff. <laughs> your 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 dad's still around. He is. You should yeah. talk to him. Talk to him about it, and then uh, you know what? Get him to call the show. Get him to call in. <laughs> I want to talk to him about this. Maybe that's an uh, idea. Look, who, who, who? Here's an idea. Pat, write this down. A show where I call, where you get your parents to. You tell me what your beef is with your parents, right? And then I blast them. I blast them for this. I speak on your behalf to your parents about the thing like you took him to see a platoon when he was nine. And I'll just go, what were you thinking? Right? I'll just say, come on, Dad. What were you thinking? I think that's brilliant. Well, maybe you could be the first one. See if, you're, see if your dad will call. My concern would be if you called my dad. I think the only thing he would be willing to talk about is the current state of political affairs, and uh, I don't think that would work well on the show. Well, we're not talking about that. Is he is he is he unable to talk about anything else in the world? 
It, it almost seems that way. Yeah, well, to tell them, tell them to, tell them to, to grow up. <laughs> Seriously, you know, you can talk about something other than the, look. Politics is on the front burner. It's not literally the only thing going. You can talk about another thing for five minutes. Yeah, you have it within your uh, within your ability. You have it to talk about something that isn't politics for five right. minutes. You tell your dad to call. This is what you do, Mike. You tell your dad to call and you say he's not talking about politics. He wants to talk to you about taking me to the movies when to see <laughs> to see to see Platoon when I was nine. All right. All right, Mike. Well, when when that becomes a topic, I will do my best All to make right, that happen. Mike, you have a great night. You too. Bye. My baby's all in shades of cool. stuff man you gotta roll with it just like uh, Steve Winwood said roll with it remember when he told us that to roll with it boop 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 best show yo Tom it's Greg Greg What's going on? Oh, wait, Greg? How many Gregs do you know? Yeah, this is it, basketball, Greg? Of course it's basketball league, Greg. Yeah. Okay. A little insulting. Sure. Well, for people, I don't think you've ever, we've ever spoken on the show, have we, Greg? I don't know. I've never called in. I've, I've, I, I don't want to, <laughs> I mean, I'm a fan, mm-hmm. but... You don't need to know. Well, I guess you know it now, but you know during the games, I don't want to. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I don't want to bring it up. Yeah, this you know, is I don't, like, I don't want that. I don't want that to, to to affect the performance of our of our basketball team, the Rollins bands. Yes, and this well, this is the guy. He we are in a league together, like a like a Saturday morning kind of thing, and yeah. So what's what's up, Greg? Well, first of all, I, I did I not tell you Trump would not get owned by Putin, right? You called you it. yesterday? You called it. I think he's made the turn. I think he's, I think from here on out it's smooth sailing. I'm not sure if you saw Trump's body language yesterday, but 
totally on the mark, looks strong, not at all subservient. Yeah. Not in any no. way, he did not in any way look like somebody learning to operate a marionette. Exactly. For, for the no, first no. time. And, uh, well, you know, when you, met, when you first start, you know, learning how to operate a marionette, you, you sit on the very edge of your large chair. Mm-hmm. You know, almost like you're almost like you're on the toity, but but you know that that commands power, and that that gives you gives you all the space you need to operate the marionette. Mm-hmm. Yeah, okay. yeah, and it helps, and, and you need a very long tie, of course. I like the tie. Look, I do like the ties. Yeah, I don't always agree with them. Not always. Yeah. I don't always. <laughs> no agree one wears with them longer. No one wears them longer. They are. And I think it's great because I think they're like the bags, the the produce bags at the grocery store. Yes. <laughs> they're like, I think there's like a spool of, of tie behind him. Oh, yeah. That he just pulls for the next one. Yep, he just pulls it down and again, there's a little blade, cuts it off. Mm-hmm. But you know the hard part is, is is those jackets. The ties are the easy part of his wardrobe. Mm-hmm. I heard, and this sounds plausible. I heard the re- that Putin does not have anything compromising on Trump. Trump Trump is doing this to gain access to Russia's finest and largest sports coats. They make them differently over there. He wants he wants in to whatever like men's warehouses over there. Yes, but I guess, you know, for, for his coats, it's, uh, I, I think, uh, I'm not sure what the Russian is, but it's men's warehouse uh, maximum. Okay. Yeah. So, look, well, he's, he's playing chess, 3D, 4, my 4D words. chess. He's going to win. He's going to come out on top. Mm-hmm. Oh. But look, that's oh, not uh, what I wanted. I don't want to talk about that. Okay. Right. Well, here's what I do want to talk about. Uh-huh. Tom. Yeah. Grab your stuff. Oh. We're going to Montauk. Uh-huh. No. Come yes, on. we are. Greg, stop with this. What? Stop. You know what it We're is. We're going. I, I, no. It's just like once a year. I, I the, the here Once a year, the call comes in where you call me, and it's generally late. This is actually on the early side of things. It, it kind of is, yes. Yeah. And it's always just like we're... What are, what are we, it's always, we're doing it. We're, we're going on the thing. There's always some ambitious. They're always great ideas. They're these multi-hour, endless overnight drives that, that you're, you plot out and then it's like, we're doing it. And then, and it, and you know how it always ends. No. How does it end? With me, I'm always stuck waiting for you to pick me up. Right, and you know, and then like midnight, you're, and then you, then there's, it's you always fall asleep and don't show up for whatever adventure it's going to be. Oh, you know, yeah, I think, I think, I think maybe I did that one. No, maybe. every single. This is a thing. This is once or twice a year. This goes. Down. We can well, we can argue about about that all all night. But mm-hmm. check it out. Yeah. Wipe all of that from your memory banks, all right? This uh-huh. is a flawless plan that is guaranteed to yield maximum fun, okay? 
All right. And look, I I know you have to be in New York City by 10.30 a.m. tomorrow for that huge job interview, all right? Yes. I know that, okay? So it, it's just three and a half hours out to Montauk, maybe four on the way back because it's going to be, you know, it's going to be early in the morning. But here's what we do, all right? Cancel the, that half hour of power thing, all right? I mean, these these mutants aren't going to die if they don't get one this week, right? Sure, okay. So cancel that. Cancel, cancel that. Mm-hmm. I get off work at 10.30, okay? I run home, splash my face, mm-hmm. take a 35-minute disco nap, uh-huh. wake up fresh, sure. splash my face again. Of course. Jump in my car. Mm-hmm. I swing by your studio, pick your ass up, and, but you know, I, I will not have gotten a chance to eat after work, so I'll, uh, we'll have to stop at Los Amigos and get some grub to go. No, sure. I'd rather eat it there, I think. Okay, so you want to sit. That'd be a good start to the night. Sure. Okay, then we go to uh, the gas bag for fuel and, like, I don't know, eight of those six-hour energy drinks. Mm-hmm. So we pound and a then bunch we just, of those. Yeah. We probably do, don't do more than five at a time. Uh-huh. And then we get in the car. We, we, we just haul. We... we Hall A out there. We listen to this Inside Jaws pod- podcast. Have you heard this thing? Inside Jaws. No, I haven't. It's about the making of Jaws. Okay. Really good stuff. Pretty scary. Pretty scary. They, uh, uh, remember the, 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 the incident it's kind of inspired by where those kids were just swimming in Jersey at the, at the, in like a little pond by the beach and, and, the, and the shark got in there? Is that what it is? That's dramatically know. recreated in this thing. In audio. All, yeah, that's what a podcast is. Yeah, I'm not going to bring a I'm not going to bring a TV set with us in the car. No, I understand that. Okay. Well, then we, you know, we can also crank tunes and shoot the S. Mm-hmm. And uh, we also have to stop in Hicksville so I can pick up this um, this stuff um, for this guy. This guy's having a party. On Montauk, they'll go really late, all right? And I have to give this guy the stuff that that guy gave me? Sure, and then the stuff. That makes sense, right? Yeah, let's just stop off and get some stuff. Yeah, yeah, and then after we get that stuff, we stop in Watermill at uh, this restaurant called the Crustacean Station. Uh-huh. And they serve, it's all-you-can-eat late-night fried shrimp. It's called late-night fried shrimp, which I don't know what it means, but it's got to be good, right? Oh, uh, yeah, sure. So you don't know a whole lot about it, but... No, it's supposed to be great. Uh-huh. And I've also been told that this place will render irrelevant any previous fried shrimp you've ever eaten. Okay. Okay? And they also have a late-night card game that I, I want to get in a few hands on. And sure, I think sure. you should, too. Do you play? Do I play cards? Not 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 yeah. particularly, no. That's not my thing. Okay. All right, maybe you will be like my spy, all right? Like I'll, you stand behind the guy that's that's the, like my my rival in the game. Sure. And then you sure. give me, we'll, we'll we'll map out like I don't know thirty signals. Like like you touch your nose four times. Oh yeah, then, like, yeah, yeah. That'll do, that'll yeah. Sure. Yeah, maybe you do your tooth. Nothing too loud. I think a tooth is, is loud enough. Like like do it six times. Mm-hmm. It's like he has hearts. One, two, three, four, five, six. Don't count out loud though. Okay, so I tap my tooth the the amount of time. Okay. Sure. Yeah. So we're Maybe gonna, like I'll, with a with like a nail, like uh-huh. a like a like a, a building nail. Like so, I'll just have a nail, like it's a toothpick. 
Exactly. But I yeah. have a so nail they, in my mouth. Perfect. And that conveys toughness, too, because these might be some bad dudes. Sure. So, let, yeah, why, by all means, let's, let's go into a situation that we have no knowledge of, and I'll be the one who... I'll be the one who looks like I'm I'm cheat I'm helping you cheat. I think that works. I think that's fine. Okay, so so we're, yeah. then we'll jump in on the card game. Then what what else is what else is on on the docket? This this okay. tight, this oh, this over ambitious. No, it's no, it's it's perfectly workable. It's going to be we have it down to the, the second. All right, so this party in Montauk. It's still going to be raging when we get there by, like, what, like 3.30? Mm-hmm. And I'll tell you, there's going to be major league FPs at this thing, you know. For you. I, I bet you can pitch a few things. You still doing those cool voices and accents? A little bit, yeah. Cool. So, I think you can, you can get something going at this thing. Oh, okay. So I can, so after you, after you run the table at this card game... Right. Then we go to a, a party, and I'm going to just start pitching people on. Yes. Okay. And we all know that people love to get pitched stuff at like three thirty in the morning. Sure, and those things are always very. Everybody remembers every part of it too. Very lucid. Very yeah. lucid. Uh, yeah. Nobody will say. Any, nobody will say anything that they didn't exactly mean. No, absolutely not. No, if he's. If that person says they're in love with, they're literally in yeah. love with the idea. Yeah. They're in love with that idea in the next morning. Sure. So when they say we're doing that, yes, we're doing that. Guaranteed green light. Take it to the bank. Okay, gotcha. Yes. Yeah. Yes. So we party for like oh, I think an hour should do it. Then we take the ferry to Noag, mm-hmm. Connecticut. All right, and we stop at this place that has the best. First donuts of the day, sure, so good. Sure. Coffee, super yummy. We zip on to ninety five. We stop at this great breakfast place I know in Bayside. Uh huh. We fill our faces with eggs. Yeah. We come back to the car. Mm-hmm. We take a twenty minute morning disco nap. Wake up refreshed. Mm-hmm. Splash water on our faces. We get to New York, we power down the FDR, I drop you off at your jump interview yeah. in the village at 1028. Okay. Well, I mean, the good, that's a good two minutes, then I have, I have two minutes to myself. Yeah, well, okay, well, how about this? Maybe um, ten minutes before that two minutes, you, you take another little nap, mm-hmm. wake up fully refreshed, yeah. Splash, splash some water on your face, and then you're you're extra good to go. Oh no no no! Of course, of course. Yeah yeah. No, this is this is this is exactly how it should go. Um, good. I I knew you would be in. Yeah. Let's. No. This this sounds great. And and Greg, you always have these things that that they're so ambitious, so overly planned. It's we're fitting everything in, and they never happen. Well, I don't know what alternate reality you've been living in, but tonight you can bank on it. Oh, so because this you've you've pitched me these things before, and there's some version of what you're talking about right now. But so this is happening now. This is happening. All right, I will be there eleven fifty on the dot, ten before midnight on the dot. 
Okay, so 11.50, you're going to roll up to the studio. Yep. All right. All right, Tom. Grab your stuff. We're going to Montauk. Sure, sure. Okay, all right, 11.50. Greg? He hung up. I guess he's getting ready for the thing. And I'm going to get ready for the thing by playing a little bit of the music. He rocked Asheville, North Carolina. And now he's going to rock you, Kurt Vile. Kurt Vile. Wild Imagination from his most recent album, Believe I'm Going Down, came out a couple years ago on Matador. KV's working on new stuff. You ready, Mike? New KV, new Kurt Vile. I love it. Can't wait. That's my guy. The other one, they all pretend. The rest of them are pretenders, Mike. Me and KV, that goes deep. And uh, also, Kickstarter, speaking of KV, Kurt Vile's brother, Jello Man. Last hours to support the Jello Man uh, uh, Kickstarter. Jello Man, if you will, a film about the Philly legend. Ten hours to go with the Kickstarter so this movie gets made. Looks like they made their goal. Congratulations to uh, Jello Man, but if you, there's good, good, uh, good uh, perks to, to sign up for, and uh, if you go to the Kickstarter for that, and uh, he's an interesting guy. I did see a Twitter account somebody had started saying Jello Man is not a Philadelphia legend. Someone actually. Going out of their way to, to call out Jello Man. That's when you know you made it, baby, when they call you out. And being told to go to the hotline, and being told on the hotline we have a star. There probably a star on the hotline to go right away. Is this Derek Beckles on the hotline? This is Derek Beckles. Oh, my goodness. As I live and oh breathe, goodness. I can't believe it. Now, for people who don't know who this guy is, this guy is one of these smart guys, and he uh, he's he did a show called Hot Package, right? Was that what it was? Hot Package? Yeah, yeah. That was a really funny show. But that Thank show, you. 
that was on Adult Swim. That show's now has been left in the dust by this new show <laughs> he's got. This new show, it's called Mostly for Millennials, and it's the number four, Mostly for Millennials, and it's on Adult Swim. It started a couple weeks ago, and I will say this show, it, it upset me when I watched it. <laughs> Good. I was horrified. And these are compliments. I mean, the, these are actually... Yeah. I, there's... There's no way you can't that you'd be like what it uh, you were horrified <laughs> by it. I'm, I'm clutching my pearls right. Yes, now. <laughs> no this this show is it's it's one of those shows that it's so it's really funny and it's just upsetting at the same time. <laughs> but it's just like man, it's still funny though. I can't help. And then sometimes you're laughing and you don't want to laugh at it. And then other times it's, you're just laughing because you're laughing. It's just, it's, but it's so, and it's so unrelenting, the pace yeah. of it. What yeah. is, because the show, what, how would you describe the show? It, 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 I'll let you talk now, Derek. Oh, no, I, I, you were doing great. I was like, I'm going to have died and gone to see the Melvins. <laughs> How about yes? God, that, that I, actually, yeah. So, I uh, I think there's so like um, it's like it, it's yeah, it's a fever dream. It's just like a fever dream, and it's like that corporate desperation of like trying to be cool, and uh, it's also just like ethically and morally bankrupt. It's fantastic. Yes, because it is. Yeah. it is like on because it's you. It's basically it's like a high tech talk show which is for millennials which i don't think you're a millennial if i <laughs> no, no i'm tw i'm 20 you're but it's you <laughs> and you've you've got blonde hair yeah and yeah. you're kind of uh you're kind of done up as this like <laughs> bizarre like mutant young person it's it's like when Eric and I were thinking about the how to what to do with my look. And this is show, Eric, this is like, Eric Andre for people who don't. He's the yeah. co-creator of this with you. Yeah, he's like co-producing. He he uh, produces it with me, and uh, I created it. It's basically an extension of Totally for Teens. When I, I did that years ago. Yes. Um, so it's, it's a combination of like what we, cause I run an Eric show too, so it's a combination of what we do on Eric's show and a combination of totally for teens. But it's like, yeah, we, we decided on this look where I, I'm like, it's like Chris, Br it's like Chris Brown and Guy Fieri were like, sh like just smushed together into like an unrelenting human being. Yeah. It's uh, such a, yeah. you're, you're, and, and it's so punishingly, bright the show is like because it's like if you think about the eric andre show the first season especially was shot like in like standard def like like it was shot yeah on like, and even when they moved to high def it still looked like kind of dreary it just had yeah like, everything was dreary and kind of and kind of dull color scheme wise on it this show is like gives you a slight headache from the <laughs> from how bright it is, yeah, it's like it's like cocaine K-pop. 
It's just, it's just like overly vibrant and, uh, super bright and happy. Uh, but like, yeah, it's, um, but like the audience in the show and they're like just this bloodthirsty mob. It's great. We just, we just kind of combined all these things that, uh, we kind of feel like, it, it, we also just feel like it's, it's kind of like, it's just kind of a mirror to what's going on right now with everything. Yeah. Everything's, everything's just like so schizophrenic and, and everybody's lost their mind, it feels like. So, but it's, yeah. it's funny because on the surface, it's like, uh, it's like goofing on kids, but it's really, yeah, no, it's, it's, I feel like it, yeah, it's like, yes, it is, but it's also goofing on people that take advantage of kids. Exactly. Exactly. It's like, yeah. I like we we never wanted to, and I and I don't think it does. But it's never it's not supposed to be this kind of like I can't believe what you kids were doing when I was when I was a kid. We made more sense than you because it's like now we didn't. No, and it's like, yeah, there's none of that. I mean, it's making fun of just the rapid technology and all the stuff like that. But there's yeah. like, but the underlying thing is like this. It's like, well, these kids did not make all these things. They're just participating in these things. It's like horrible older people made these things and these kids are like prisoners of this yeah and then they com- then they have the balls to complain about it like the people yeah. who are who, who created all this yeah. all these monstrosities they're like i can't believe this is going on it's like you made it yeah <laughs> these yeah. kids you, you, yeah, you've just enslaved these kids and they have no say in it anymore almost because you're yeah, the it's one just like I, it, it's like, it's like, it's, yeah, it's like getting, it's like making Frankenstein and then getting mad at him for how he dresses and his breath being bad. <laughs> yeah. It's, now, the show, how many episodes did you, did you do of it? We made eight, um, we made eight episodes for this, for the, for first season. And it's airing on Sunday nights, Adult Swim at, is it on midnight? At midnight. At midnight. Yeah. And, yeah. And the DJ on the show is was a, a real get, which I was legitimately thrilled to see. Yeah, Fred Durst is the. We got Fred is, Durst. And what's how did that come about? How did you get Fred? I I met him a couple of times, and I was I just basically told him about the show and everything, and and, uh, and just the idea behind it, and I just wanted to like, and he he thought it was funny and. I didn't want to, we didn't want to like play up the fact that it was like it's Fred Durst. It was just like we wanted to be like Fred Durst took a job on this show that he hates kind of vibe. Yeah. <laughs> so, um, so that's the way we played it. And it's like he used to, like he used to watch this thing that I did and so did Eric called TV Carnage. I used to make sure. this thing like years ago. And, uh, that's what this show is too. It's just kind of like all of the wonderful kind of decisions that I saw watched people make when I was making the TV Carnage compilations is like also just poured into the show. Yes. The, um, the, the, yeah. The TV Carnage pilot, which I saw a while ago was like that. Did that air anywhere? Is that? Uh, no, it's no. Funny. <laughs> it was, of course yeah, it was... I could have answered that one. It's like, <laughs> no, that thing didn't air anywhere. That was, that was like a straight up attack on on just the idea of watching anything. But then again, it's still just like no, this is still no, oh, it's still funny. I'm still. I feel like I'm being. I feel like I'm being like punched by a, somebody who's 
kind of like making me laugh while I get hit. <laughs> yeah. And, and you're just like, oh, well, it's still funny and I'm – but this is this is like – this. Yeah, that is that is was insane, and I oh, but this is this is the new thing, and it is really there's nothing like this. I mean, it really is. It, it makes sense that you would do this with with Eric Andre because it is it is almost as like the high tech next level version of what what for, if that was a yeah. talk show. If that was doing what you guys do to talk shows, this is doing what it would be to like youth, youth culture and like the, the bridging of the gap. Yeah. It's like if, if, thank you. It's like if, yeah, if TRL was just like, let's, yes, <laughs> let's yes. make ourselves relevant again. <laughs> this nightmare of yeah. a fever, like this desperate fever dream. Yeah. It's, yeah. Yes. And, Thank you. What was the reaction you got from some of the because you because ha, you have guests on who are um, kind of like internet stars and and kind of kids like that and the the one where you put your your feet into uh, lasagna into lasagna yeah I, who was that I with Joey that, I, Badass. Yeah, it's Joey Badass, and I started, I asked him about gentrification, and then I take my shoes off, and I've got these, <laughs> I've got these disgusting, long, kind of like, Howard Hughes toenails, and, uh, and Joey Badass is just, he's terrified, or he's just at least disgusted, and, uh, and then I started talking to him about gentrification, and then I call my assistant, Robert, out. Um, who's just this like very meek looking buttoned up guy with glasses. And then he, <laughs> it looks like he's going to take the lasagna away. Cause I'm, I claim that I'm soaking my feet in lasagna as like a uh, treatment for my toenails. And then, um, instead of taking lasagna away, he just gets on his hands and knees and he just eats and sucks the, la- the lasagna off my feet. Uh, <laughs> yes. And then, uh, I tell Julie that after this is one of the perks of gentrification. <laughs> Now this, this you really have. I think I think this could very well be if it was announced that this was like the final television show. <laughs> I think yes. everybody would have to be like, no, oh, okay, I guess this is it. I guess this is the end of the line for television. This, this, is, this is where we it always, ends. Yeah, that's that's like whenever we're writing these shows, it's like we always joke about that. It's just like the Hollywood sign is just like. Hung itself. <laughs> Practice suitcase. Uh, it's yeah. And so, what do you have? Like five more to go to air? Um, yeah, we uh, actually this week we've been they've been airing them in like back to back two episodes. Oh, okay. So, so there's two there's two more episodes to go. Yeah, uh, next weekend's the last of the premieres, and then it goes into goes into like reruns. But it, it, there's no. It just just watch the thing. That's all you got to do. It doesn't. <laughs> yeah. Who's nobody's sitting there at midnight, watching, wait, waiting for Robot Chicken to end, and for the thing <laughs> to begin. Yeah, you can watch it online too. You can watch yeah. it on Adult Swim online. Yeah. No, it it is it is amazing, and it's a real accomplishment. Thank you. And um, I was I was stunned. I, I thought I was unshakable, but I was shook. 
<laughs> and it's yeah, it's really funny, Derek. And uh, I hope everybody checks it out. And it's uh, thank you so much. What, man. what are you doing the rest of the year? What's what's this year like for you, Derek Beckles? After oh this? golly, um, I'm gonna be. I'm currently uh, in Hollyweird, California, and I'm gonna go to. Uh, I'm going back to. Uh, I'll be back in New York. I have like a new thing I'm gonna be working on there, and then hopefully making more of these soon too. Yeah, yeah. well, that'd be awesome. Yeah, and uh, yeah, and now just say one final thing. You know the idea of you are you grew up where and did you grow up in Canada? I grew up in Canada. Yeah. What part yeah. of Canada? I grew up outside of Toronto uh, in this devastating suburb called Scarborough, and people called it Scarberia, okay. which is like a really apt uh-huh. nickname for it. And I, I also lived in Montreal for a long time. But So the idea yeah. of a Canadian, because I think the first time I met you was when our mutual friend Nick Thorburn was playing his movie in Toronto. I was up there, yeah. and we saw a screening yeah. of his movie. Um it uh, the idea of a Cana- Canadian people compared to American people, it's just like this is the thing I was thinking. The idea, if you're a bad can- person from Canada, like right. you're you're like the worst person because you've had every opportunity to just not be a bad person. Like you're choosing to be a bad person. I know. <laughs> So. And that's not you. I'm just saying, like somebody who would just be like, "I'm still going to be an awful person." Like being in Canada, it's kind of like, "No, we can at least you find, help you find a middle ground where maybe you're not the worst. You'll just kind of hover in the middle of the pack." Because, because that is can't look. I love, I love Toronto. one of my favorite cities. I, I, th- I, I would, I would pick Toronto over almost any city. Um. Because it's kind of like New York if you took off, like, the top 10% and the bottom 20%. Right. It's just like that. It's like, okay, look, maybe you don't get the absolute peak of the mountain that you could potentially get. But where am I? Am I getting that anyway in New, in New York? What am I doing? Yeah, that's, a, me that? that's the funny thing about, like, New York, like, it's like a, it's a serial killer with other cities. Like, it just kind of lays most cities away, so... When I grew up in Toronto, people were like, oh, we're like the New York of Canada. And I was like, no. And then they were kind of like, well, we're kind of like the Chicago. (laughs) They kind of like downgraded themselves. I I guess it it is like Chicago. It is like New York in the way that everybody else there, everybody else in the country hates it. Yeah, that's exactly it. That's exactly it. It's like people on the West Coast are like, I hate Toronto. And you're like, oh, my God, really? What happened to you? It's like, well, I've never been there, but I hate it. <laughs> oh, I don't know why. I love it. Well, look, you know what else I love? Mostly for millennials, Derek. Bell. Thank you. And look, I hope, Thank I, you see, so much. I hope I see you soon in this show. Yeah, I hope everybody likewise. watches it. And uh, I thank you for calling in and telling us all about it. Oh, my God. Thank you for, for picking up the phone. All right, buddy. We will talk soon. You have a yes, sir. Have a grand evening. Support the poops. <laughs> yes. Okay. Yeah, that show that's that's a that shows nuts, man. Mostly for millennials. You got to check that out, Mike. He's going to. Good. You should. And recommend it for no reason. 
so yeah, the best show Patreon. It's patreon.com slash the best show. And we're making new uh new content that you can get uh only on the Patreon and it's uh it's great. And uh <clears throat> we did a best show last uh weekend that's only up on Patreon. And uh yeah. Go check it out. Give what, whatever you can do to support the show. We appreciate everything. I thank you for that. Yeah. Back to the phones. Who's good here, Mike? Three? Best show, hi. Hi, Tom. Hi. This is Geneva. Oh, my goodness. It's Geneva. <laughs> Geneva from Ball from... the right where, where? Yeah, the DC metro area. The DC that's a fair way to say it. The DC metro area. Yes. People tried calling it the DMV. I mean, they do call it the DMV, but everybody here hates that. So okay. I try not to tell people that. Now, when you root for a baseball team, who do who do you root for? I guess the Nationals, but I'm from Philly originally, so I kind of have to vote. I kind of have to root for Philly. Sure. Okay. So your Philly, your Philly roots show through when it's yes. all said and done. Um. How are you? I'm good. Thank. You know what, Geneva? You're the only one that asked. <laughs> and I'll tell you right Aww. now, if I had a chocolate factory to give out. You would have just got the keys to the chocolate factory. No one asks. No one says, how are how are you, Tom? That yeah, well, I, I know you had some, some health things oh, happening. Oh, oh, see, look. She's paying attention. I'd give you, <laughs> if I had two chocolate factories, you'd get both of them now. You'd get the second one. Thank you. Um, I wanted to tell you about something I've seen um, that is kind of something you've talked about. I have something for the topic, but I just need to tell you this. I, it made me very upset when I saw it because I feel like there's a long history of people stealing your ideas, right? There's this it kind of people are always kind of like, you know, doing things that are very similar to what you've said on the show. Uh, and yeah. for years, yeah. you have said... You wished that there was a place where you could take a nap during the day when you were in New York. Yeah. And did you see that they're opening a place, $25 an hour, called Nap York? Well, look, that I'm going to say that's a case of parallel thinking. I'm yes. hardly the only person to walk around New York City saying, boy, I wish I could be asleep right now. Yeah. <laughs> I'm not going to be like, hey, you guys stole my idea <laughs> for wanting to take a nap. Uh, I just saw that. I was like, oh, my gosh, that's definitely something I've heard Tom say yes, so uh, often. Well, um, you know what I will say, though? How much is it, $25 an hour? Yes. That's insane. Yeah. I know the loophole. Um, I know the loophole. I know where to take a nap in New York. <laughs> yeah, the movie theater. No, 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 no. That's the old. That's that doesn't work. I don't. I'm gonna say movie theater doesn't work. I know the place to take a nap. 
Oh, yeah. I'm not sure if I should even say it, because Nap York will jump all over it. Yeah, probably. <laughs> I'll start stealing my thing. But you know what, Geneva? Between me and you, I'm going to tell you where okay. you take a nap. <laughs> take a guess. Where do you think? Where would I recommend you? Can oh, you even God. guess? I I don't know. Here, I don't know where it would be like a safe place to take a nap you, in New York. Here's what you do. Or, Get ready for this. Okay. This is where you take a nap. I'm serious. I'm listening. You go to a karaoke bar. Not a karaoke yes! bar. You go to a place with karaoke rooms. You get a room. Solo room. You go in at $7 an hour. Yeah. You go in. They give you a microphone. You program in a bunch of songs. And you Maybe you sing a nice song to yourself, right? <laughs> then you kind of slump back in the room. You program in a bunch, though. But then you just slump back and you zonk out. You catch, you can catch a half hour asleep. Yep. And then, what are they going to do? Come and yell at you? You just go, oh, oh, sorry, sorry. I got a little <laughs> sleepy. I'll wake up. But they're not, they don't care. Nope. As long as you're, as long as you're not uh, slicing the couches open or smashing the room up, they don't care. I didn't realize people that did that in America. If I lived in Japan for a while, and that was this thing that if you missed the train at night, you would just go get a karaoke room and sleep in there till five a.m. when the train started running again. So people would do that over in Japan. They would sleep yeah. in a karaoke room. Yeah, people right. do that all the time, well, <laughs> just because they can, yeah. I guess. It's more acceptable. But sometimes people just go in there and sing also by themselves, and then they'll take a nap. But, yeah, it's I, I didn't even think about that here, but culturally, like, that is a okay thing to do. Yeah, just go in the karaoke room by yourself, seven bucks. That's three, yeah. that's three and a half hours at Nap York. Yep. Yeah, that's it's a deal. <laughs> oh, oh, I don't I know it. Don't I know it, Geneva. So what else is going? What are you doing for the summer? Oh, just just working and uh I'm gonna go see Beyonce. Well, I'm pretty exciting. excited about that. Where's that gonna be now? Um, it's at the football stadium here. I won't say their names. Um, but because it's not a nice term. But you'll wear their jerseys. No, I will not. I see pictures of you on Instagram. No, I've never worn one of their shirts. All you wear are the... I don't, I don't even know if you have any clothes that aren't the Washington football team at this point. Every jersey, every picture is you buying jerseys, buying headbands. You're saying I only wear jerseys. You only wear NFL jerseys for the Washington, D.C. football team. Wow. Look, hey, it's your Instagram. Um, I am seeing that her, but I also wanted to tell you, I had to, I was trying to call on Sunday, um, and I didn't make it through, but I did have something for the topic, the ongoing topic. Yes. The, we did our movie and uh, first concert. First concert, I want you to make the call on this. Okay. Because 
I spent all of high school because I lived in a small town uh, well, when I was in high school, and I didn't have a car and I couldn't drive for a long time. So I was trying to convince people constantly to take me to see concerts, and it didn't really ever happen when I was in high school. So when uh, I think what had happened my the the summer after I graduated high school, I was just walking in a park in Kansas City, and there was a band playing, and I was like, well, I guess this is my first concert, but it was like a terrible band. It was uh, Sister Hazel, who had the one hit, um, All For You, <laughs> guess what it is. How'd that song um, go again? Uh, uh, it's uh, hard to say what it is I see in you. Oh, that, that's right. That, hard yeah, to yeah. see what I think I'm doing. Yeah. That one, right? Yes. So them, and then, but that summer, I also, or the, the next summer is, like, when I bought my first, like, real tickets to a show. Uh-huh. And that was the Beastie Boys, which is a lot cooler to say. So what do you think I can say? Can I you say, say it's that the Beastie, Beastie Boys, Boys no, you didn't is choose, my first? You didn't, you didn't choose to go see Sister Hazel. You, it would be just like, if you walked past something, it didn't mean that was your first con. No. <laughs> I know, but at the time, I was just like, is this my first it's not, show? It's not. No, no. You have to choose. You choose your first show or somebody takes you to the thing. It's not just that it happened to be taking place where you were walking right. through. <laughs> but that is that is uh, something that I has worn on me for a long time. Where well, I'm let like, it go. Now Ugh. you can let, let this go, Geneva. Yes. Yeah. Um, the Beastie Boys uh, was your first show. Yes. On the Hello Nasty tour, um, and I, which I can't believe was also 20 years ago. Um, That's right. I thought about that today. Didn't that just um, turn 20 years old? I like, think so. Like like in the last week or so? I think yep. that might have. Yeah. How about that? They only, um, they only made a few. Isn't it amazing how few records the Beastie Boys made considering mm-hmm. their legacy? What, did they make seven albums? Yeah. Something like that. Yeah. yeah. Unbelievable. It's really crazy. I'm some, so happy I got to see them. <laughs> some some bands only do seven seven records over twenty five years. Other people show up and knock out three hours a week and do it and they just provide and provide and provide and they don't look back. They're not precious about it. That's where the best show is, baby. That's yeah. how we do it here. And we don't yeah. have no we don't know turkeys the way the Beastie Boys. They 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 got two of their albums stink. <laughs> yeah. That Burroughs album, that one's not good. And then that yeah. instrumental album's a turkey. And, That's uh, true. so are they five albums? Five. What? Yeah, yeah. Five albums. And they're good. They're great. Yeah, um, no, five great albums. Yeah. So they, they provided five hours of entertainment for everybody. Yeah. You know when I did that? This week! Yes. <laughs> did three, I uh, did three today and two on Sunday. It's true. Yeah, in less it's three true. days I did five hours. That was so great. I was just like hanging out, cleaning, doing chores, and I was like, "There's a best show on. This is like the greatest thing on a Sunday afternoon." Well, thank you. That's, so, that's, thank you for that. I appreciate you saying that. That's nice. Um, and the very last thing, the rated R movie, which I was one of those kids who could watch whatever I wanted. Uh, probably not surprising to you, knowing me now, that I got to like. I was basically raised by the television, 
Um, but I have uh, a very strong memory of, like, my first real rated R experience. And this is very on brand for my mom, for people who listening who know my mom, uh, who's kind of like this very interesting person herself, uh, who bought me, I, I was eight years old, and my two younger siblings to see RoboCop in the theater. You're not the first person to say RoboCop was their first R-rated movie. Somebody yeah. else said that. on Maybe on, on Sunday, somebody said RoboCop. Yeah. That's a pretty, uh, that's, a, that's a, look, it's a good movie pretty violent movie yeah i definitely remember hiding behind someone who was taller than me or like you know an adult who was seated in front of me and i i just kept ducking during all the like bloody scenes but my brothers were even smaller than i was but i'm sure my mom was like i want to see that movie so i'm just gonna take these kids with me you know they're remaking robocop now the remake. Oh, really? And do you know who's going to play RoboCop in the remake? It's very, uh, very controversial. A lot of people are not into it. It's, uh, Who is it? Logan Paul from. Uh, oh. Yes. He's going to play RoboCop. I think. Does, I think. Does he, he have does, like a catchphrase? I think the kid deserves a chance. I say give him a chance. Let Logan Paul play RoboCop. <laughs> I think he'll be a great RoboCop. <laughs> let the Paul let the Paul family handle the RoboCop franchise. Uh, I'm glad I'm glad he was cast yes, in it's, that. It's it's very smart casting. It's very very smart. That's the first thing I thought when I heard that Logan Paul was going to play RoboCop. It's very smart. Might might be a little too smart for the room, but uh, sometimes you can't you can't play down. So that's one thing you start to learn is you, you can't play down to the audience uh, to the lowest common denominator. You, yeah. Sometimes you have to elevate yourself, and if if, if it means putting a, a Logan Paul as the lead of of that movie, then you you just have to do it. You have no say in the matter. <laughs> right. What is his like catchphrase? What is his catchphrase? Doesn't he have a thing he says all the time? Yeah, duh. <laughs> I think that's Logan Paul's catchphrase. Duh. <laughs> A friend of mine sent me a Logan Paul shirt. Uh, shirt. I got it in the mail. I didn't know who it was from. Just shows up at my home, and I'm just like, well, oh, there we go. Logan Paul. How about that? <laughs> I guess somebody's sending uh, Logan Paul merchandise. And I finally, I was like, hey, did you send me a Logan Paul shirt? He's like, yeah. So. Oh, my gosh. Um, I'll have to tell you the story some other time because I don't have the exact wording here. But one of our one of uh, the listeners to the show, who I am friends with, mm-hmm. uh, everyone was very obsessed with this message I got on an online dating site that this guy sent to me about wanting to share a bowl of oatmeal with me, <laughs> and uh, everyone was obsessed with this for a little while. And this guy made me a T-shirt with that message on it. Like a very, a giant T-shirt he yeah, sent to me worse. in the mail. That's worse. That's worse than the message. <laughs> I know. I know. So I have it now. <laughs> some things are meant to, some things are meant to gently fade away. And yeah. now you have a shirt with it on. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I'll, I'll, I'll have to post it on Instagram. Don't. Um, in between, you, but you usually so you have one item of clothing that is not 
NFL related. That's nice. You've, at least you have one thing you can wear for like formal uh, occasions. Uh, I also have to ask you about. I don't. You may not want to talk about this, but you said you loved the finale of Jesus and Marrow with Mike Francesa. Yes, I thought it was great. I loved it. I I loved it too. Yes. I almost cried actually. Yes, <laughs> I don't no, know I why. Liked- <laughs> that, was a, that was a great show, and those guys got, uh, they gave it all. Yes. And then now they're going to move on to, to, I guess, greener pastures, at least greener in terms of their, their uh, bank accounts. It'll be greener pastures, yes. so good Hopefully. for them. Yeah. But uh, anyway, I was that made me really happy. No, it was great that it you was, liked it too. <laughs> it was the perfect way for them to end their their run with uh, Mike Francesa was nuts. Yeah, so I know. Uh, did you see so that, funny. Mike? You should. Well, I'll, I'll send you. The, the, it's a, it's a show that was on Viceland. These two guys had like a talk show that was real funny and and kind of. I think you'd like it. And um, their final guest was Mike Francesa, who was on. He's, well, you know, Bill Bill Simmons said that I should come on this. And he's always told, hyping you guys to me and stuff. And <laughs> it's just like, and these guys are so into it, but they clearly also and this this guy's a buffoon. Yes. Like, but they're not. They're like they love the idea that this guy exists, Mike Francesa. Yeah. But they also know he sucks. But they're not saying yeah. that to his face because he's in front of them now. Mm-hmm. So they're just reveling in the 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 <laughs> Mike Francesa-ness of it all. They're just they're forgetting that that he sucks for one day. Yeah. And just acting as if like, what if Mike Francesa? Because they're not gonna be like, hey, Mike, you suck. So they, it, it's you just got to see it. All right, Geneva. Have a good night. You have a great night. Thanks. And Bye. remember, I'll say, I'll yes. say it. Go Redskins. <laughs> okay. Thanks. Yeah, can you imagine rooting for that team? Can you imagine having to put on a Redskins jersey, show up. It's a shame. National shame. Somebody sent through an AP Mike headshot. The internet's so glitchy tonight. AP Mike headshot challenge. Took Mike on a trip to Zaxby's today. So I guess they have an AP Mike headshot. Cause there's a thing, the AP Mike headshot challenge, which you go to, you go to apmike.bandcamp.com, you order a headshot there, and then, uh, you can uh, then you take a picture of it in a weird place, and then there's a, we'll we'll start giving prizes that for people who take AP Mike headshots to 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 the to the best places. I tell you, internet's slow, baby. Don't know what to do with that. Let's take some calls, burn through these calls. Best show, hi. Hi, Tom. Hi. To whom am I speaking? This is Lori. Oh my goodness, it's Lori. <laughs> Lori from Miami. That's right. What's up, Lori? What's going on tonight in Miami? I, well, you know, I don't live in Miami anymore. I know. We're right? Playing along. We're playing. Just play along. 
Oh, okay, yeah. It's, it's um, it's How hot Miami. Was um, yeah. It's, um, Did you see Pitbull? All... Did you see Pitbull today, Mr. 503? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I said, hey, what's up? And then he said Dolly to me. So, he said what? I don't know. Dolly. It's, it means, like, give it. Or okay. In Spanish. I, mean, this is I heard you said he said do- Dalek. I was like, what, is he a Doctor <laughs> Who fan? No, I just didn't use my Spanish, Spanglish accent very well. So right what's now? going on tonight, Lori? Well, I do have um, a contribution for the topic, but I did want to check on, check in on the current status of Vanderpump Rules. I I did watch the Joe Perro show, which yeah. I would describe as like Prairie Home Companion if it didn't suck. It's just very wholesome, you know? Yeah. Yeah, it is. It's a great show. Yeah. Yeah, good and show. So- I watched I watched all the episodes of Vanderpump Rules. <laughs> it's your favorite. And then unfortunately someone dropped a brick on my head. And I've forgotten everything I saw. Did, did you know that Gotti was executive produced by Lala's man? Who, Carmelo Anthony? <laughs> no, no. There was, like, more than one producer on the movie. Wait, did I know what the what now? Say this again? <laughs> the movie Gotti that you paid for, um... AP Mike. Mike. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And... and, and to see with with Dudio, uh, it was uh, oh, it was with Pat. It was with Pat. With Pat, my Not bad. Dudio. It's been a couple of weeks. Yeah. So um, he since I saw the Instagram story, so um, he he uh, he's dating one of the stars of Vanderpump Rules. This uh, old old dude dating this youngish woman. So wait a minute. She's not like I mean, everyone on the show is in their thirties, pretty much. Mm-hmm. So they're adults, but they don't act like it. Mm-hmm. Which you know. Yeah. No, they're all cool on the show. That's my favorite <laughs> thing about it. It's very aspirational. I watch. I watch that show, and I'm just like, oh, if if life was fair, this would be me. Why is life so unfair? Why can't I be like my heroes on Vanderpump Rules? Well, you know, that's the thing. I don't think anyone actually wants to be like them. We watch these shows to feel better about ourselves. I watch it because I I have something to to model myself on. (laughs) In terms of just like my dreams and goals and and just the general, the way I conduct myself with others. Just I, I mean, I gotta say, sometimes I do feel like a bit like a Kristen. Uh, uh, she's you could, just about the same age. You said it. You could. You know. You said it. <clears throat> There's not a day I go by where I'm just like, Tom, you're such a Crispin. Okay, I'm glad we're on the same page about oh, that. Oh, we are on the same page. Don't worry. I am the <laughs> You might as well just call me Crispin now. <laughs> okay, Crispin. What's that now? See, I even answer to it. <laughs> yes. Okay. 
So what else is going? What are you doing? What do you so what do you have for the thing now with the with the R-rated movie or the concert? Well, I mean, I can do both. Let's hear both then. Okay. So, um in junior high, my best friend Andrea um she didn't have the most um conventional crushes on boys. So, we went to see um Natural Born Killers cuz she had a crush on Woody Harrelson. Mm-hmm. But sure, why not? How old was she at that point? <laughs> um, I think we were in the seventh grade. So oh, like, that's, you that's, know. that's fantastic. <laughs> so she um, had a crush on the also, movie where Woody Harrelson played a serial killer. <laughs> yeah, really wasn't the most oh, that's just so heartening. That is just... That's, uh, that is like... I tell you... <laughs> I tell you, these dudes get a pass on all that stuff. They were just like, I think Woody Harrelson's sexy and natural born killers. What? You want to know who else? Um, we both had a crush on him. You want to know what other movie we saw? Um, we saw Cabin Boy. Okay. <laughs> and you had a crush on Chris up. Elliott? No. David Letterman. <laughs> you had a crush on David Letterman as the sailor dude who's in one scene. Yes, so we saw it together. Oh, mm. oh um, Laurie. <laughs> I don't know. I can't explain it. So you're watching you're watching Cabin Boy, you and your friend, your seventh grade friend, and you're just like Yeah. It's like, am I crazy? Or is David Letterman as an old salt kind of sailor in this thing, in his one scene going, do you want to buy a monkey? <laughs> You're like, am I crazy? Or is we my, thought because we knew he was going to be in it. Is we my had heart a crush on him prior to the, mo- prior, okay. prior to the okay. release of the movie. Sure. But, the, but you finally had a chance to see him in a movie. You know, I, I'll be honest, I didn't really get Cabin Boy when I was a tween mm-hmm. and it came out, but I get it now. Sure, sure. No, I understand that. That, yeah. makes, that makes sense. It's, look, it's a, it's a, it's a great movie. It's, uh, but it might, it might have been something that wasn't necessarily for kids to just go, oh yeah, it's great. It's like, no, it's, no. it seems, Seems kind of, it's like odd in a way that kids would be just like, I don't know if I like that. Mm. But you like it. Now you get it. Yeah. Now you get it. You learn, you grow. Exactly. That's my favorite song by Alanis Morissette. <laughs> you know that song? Oh. What's that song? How's that go again? I, you, learn, you know what? You um, grow. Your line, your ground. Well, are you just singing You Ought to Know? Lyrics to the, the, the tune no, of You Ought to Know? No, a song you learn, you grow. People know. Oh, okay. I mean, I guess I don't know her deep cut. Now, that's the whole thing. I guess you're not a super fan like I am. <laughs> I guess I'm not. It doesn't run. Uh... I listen to all the songs on that album. That sold seventy five yeah, million. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Well, I, I 
I was going through a riot girl phase at the time, so. So what was the first concert you saw? Well, my mom took my brother and I to Lollapalooza 94. So you went to Lollapalooza 94 and you saw who with that now? Who was with that You one? know what? Um, we actually did not get to see a whole lot because my brother went primarily to see Green Day. Uh-huh. And this was right after Woodstock 94. And I believe it was Trey Cool or the other one who isn't Billy Joe Armstrong who got yeah, injured. Mike Durnt. On stage. Yeah. So it was either Trey Cool or Mike Durnt. One or the other, and Billy Joe came out on stage. He was really disappointed, so my brother didn't want to stay. I wanted to stay to watch Smashing Pumpkins because I was really into them. Sure. But you know what? Um, there were a lot of people smoking um, weed, yeah, and I don't think my mom was particularly comfortable with that. I was, um, I, I think I was eleven, uh-huh. uh, ten or eleven, and and my. Um, Father was twelve or thirteen, so yeah. yeah. So your um, mom didn't like the fact they were smoking reefer right near her. Kids. Yeah, she wasn't a big uh, fan of that. Yeah. So, so I don't even remember if we saw anyone perform. As a matter of fact, I just don't recall. Yeah. Do you have Zaxby's where you are? <laughs> yes. Um. There's not one like super close. Hey, Mike. To where? I, can you come but... in here, Mike? <laughs> okay. I wanted to show Mike. Somebody took a picture. They brought his headshot to his Zaxby's. Oh, uh, okay. They put your picture near the Zap. Please put your salad bowl here. And they put your <laughs> your framed picture in like one of like the 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 busboy trays. <laughs> I'm, sure I'm sure this guy took it back, of course. Hi, I did order Zaxby's via Postmate, and it wasn't great. You ordered what now, Lori? I I ordered Zaxby's a few weeks ago mm-hmm. um, via Postmates, and you know it's not the best thing i've ever ordered via that service all right look you take that up with them what are you what are you bringing that to me what do you want i don't know i don't eat bojangles i you know it's bow time as they say is that guy less from hardcore pawn still alive mike (laughs) from hardcore pawn not the old guy from uh we the other guy uh died from uh pawn stars the old man it was a uh, you know sad, but this guy, this guy from uh, this guy's selling his headshots. Mike, they're, they're they're this guy is selling his for twelve ninety five. His his are two ninety five more than yours. The guy less <laughs> from Hardcore Pawn. Um, I think you can also buy cameo videos from him and the other one. What him and the guy from Cameo? No, him and the, you know what Cameo is, right? What What's that now? It's like a thing where you can buy videos from, like, reality television stars and oh, people like Lance Bass. Sure, and they'll just go like, hey, uh, hey, Mary, I just want to tell you, heck, congratulations on graduating from college. 
Yeah, and like one of them is selling uh, like thirty second videos for like fifty dollars or something. I can start doing it that. was like an obscenely high amount. Like I can't imagine many people. I can't remember which one it was. I might start doing that. I might start charging <laughs> for videos. I'll just be like, do like thirty bucks. I'll just knock them out on an iPhone, right? I mean, yeah. People would buy it, probably. Yeah, right? Why not? Get a video or... Oh, it's Chumley. Chumley, who... um, Let me tell you how much it costs to get a short video from him. Let me see. What's his rate? Chumley. Gosh. I don't know if I see the amount right now. Um, we'll say, look, okay, all right. But look, he's on there. I gotta move on. Mike's giving me the signal. Okay, yeah, okay. He's saying bye. we can't look for, we can't, okay, bye. He's saying we can't look for prices on the air. Best show, hi. Hey, Tom, how's it going? Oh, it's going. Thank you for providing. I wanted to say that up front. Oh, for, for what? For providing. Providing? Yeah, you doing? said I'm a provider. I provide. Thank you, Tom. Oh well, you're, you're you're quite welcome. I'm not sure. Did I say that? Yeah, yeah, yeah. All right. So um, I've got two things for the topic and a, and a question. Well, okay. What do you got? Okay. Do you want the question first, or? Um. Yeah. Let's hear the question first. All right. So I feel very conflicted because I am a lifelong Queen fan since I was a kid. Yeah. And. Obviously, I, I missed seeing them live, mm-hmm. and they're doing a residency in Las Vegas, mm-hmm. and obviously, I jumped right online, and I got a couple of tickets, and the show's in October, and I don't know how to feel about it, because on one hand, I'm excited to hear Brian May and Roger Taylor, but on the other hand, uh, do you know what the lead singer is? Lead singer is, uh, what's his face from American Idol? That guy. What's yeah. his, it's Adam, it's Adam Lambert. Yeah, he's got it. Look, I, I I got look. You knew what you were buying a ticket for. I got no I problem with that. Look, it's not Freddie Mercury. That guy's got a good voice, though, and mm-hmm. he's 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 been there for years. He, he's doing it. He's doing it with love and and just trying to keep that music going. I don't think you can mm-hmm. you can't sweat that. So I shouldn't feel like I was like swindled no, no, in any way. No, no, no look. It's it, it, if if Freddie Mercury was alive and you bought a ticket and he was in Queen and you showed up and that and Adam Lambert was there, then you'd feel swindled. But then you ha- then you'd have a right yeah. to feel swindled. But he's not. Yeah, you're right. I think you're right, Tom. Thank you for helping me through that. Just enjoy it. You get to see Brian May, who made those records, and Roger Taylor, who made those records. You get to see them. That's and this guy's talented. He'll do he'll right. do the songs justice. Right. It's better, it's better than when they had Paul Rogers. That's weird. The guy from Bad Company, whose voice is so different from Freddie Mercury. That seemed weird. So right. at least you go see a guy who's got a big, booming voice, and he's he's got the he's got the theatricality in that way right. that Freddie Mercury would sell the songs. What's his face from Bad Company singing into his shirt? He's like looking down. It's like it's like he's doing a, a a book report in front of the class. He's supposed to sing Queen songs, staring at his shoes. Right. 
Yeah, everything sounds like a macho anthem when when Paul Rogers sings it, right? Everything sounds like completely the opposite of what it's supposed to be. Yeah. Feel like making right? Everything's like everything's about love with those guys. Ready right. for love? Oh, baby, I'm ready. Can't right. get enough of your love. Feel right. like making right? Yeah, sure. like every fourth song is a beer song. You're like, yeah, I'm going to go get a beer. Well, look, you, you did all right. You go see the thing, enjoy it. Thank you, Tom. Um, so my first concert, and this is the one that I use for icebreakers whenever you're like in a work meeting and they ask you a question. My uh, first concert was when I was nine years old, and it was uh, Menudo. Menudo. Yeah. Yes, and who was in Minuto? Was was Ricky Martin? Was there a young Ricky Martin in Minuto at that point? This was actually a year right before, right? Okay. So it's like when the guys were like, well, I think one guy was turning like seventeen. Yeah. Right. So I was like, at. I was. Let me just say. You no. You tell your thing, then I'll tell my thing. No, no, no. Go I ahead. Have a, no, I have a Minuto thing. I want you. I want to hear yours first. Though. No, no, no. I mean, I, no, no. Please, um, please, please. Oh, friend. Okay. Sorry, Tom. No, um, don't apologize. No, and you know what? I don't remember any of the guys' names. I just remember the outfits, and it was a little bit day glow, and I had a good time, but I was nine. Because I saw Menudo, and the thing with Menudo is it was a boy band where the the kids got, they were not allowed to be in the group when they got to a certain age. It was 17, right? Yeah, I think 17 or 18. I was at a show, and it was the final show for one of the guys. Right. And they said, this is his final show with Menudo. <laughs> and we need to, basically, the manager of Menudo instructed the audience to throw garbage at this guy. He was, he had, the manager stripped him of his stage outfit. Right. Made him wear a potato sack. Right. We all threw stuff at him. <laughs> that is how, and that's how you exit Menudo. That was, it was very rough. And then they brought the new guy out. Right. Wearing his, the, wearing the previous guy's stage clothes. He was swimming in them because he was still a little kid. Right. His clothes were huge on him. And then he, the manager told us to cheer the new guy on. And right, we, they put the did. bracelet on him. Yes, exactly. And they're like, and then they're like Miguel. And we ran right. the other guy out of the building. We right. chased him down the street, <laughs> and I don't think he made it. I think, I think the mob got him. You don't hear about him. No, you don't. They were chase. I don't even know his name, but they were chasing him down. It was. Uh, that's how people got. That's how you left Menudo. Right. Well, I do remember them them giving uh, getting rid of one guy, and they gave they had like a TV special, and they gave him a motorcycle. And at the end, like the worst part is they would make him sing his goodbye song. And they took that motorcycle away. That was just for show. That was just right. that was a television thing. Right. It had temp tags on it. They made him buy the motorcycle from Menudo at, like, manufacturer's list, which, like, if you went to any motorcycle dealer, you could get them down from that price. 
Right. They made him pay full, full MSR <laughs> P on it with like features that he didn't even want on it. Right. It's a weird color. It was a weird, it was a weird color motorcycle. <laughs> it had features that I don't even know if were even on it at that point. Right. Yes. And then the next day he went out and they, his motorcycle was missing. They just would, dr- that's the other thing I don't understand. Mm-hmm. Like, I'm not rooting for this, but the whole idea of a motorcycle, how is every motorcycle not getting stolen every day? Right? How does somebody not pull up with a pickup truck and grab any, every motorcycle ever? Right? right. How is that just it not fits. happening all day long? Where yeah, it fits like in a Prius. Yeah, like they stick a. You get a motorcycle, they stick it on the street. Like, yeah, it's my motorcycle. It's out on the street. How do you not come out every day? You should be stunned that it's still there. Right. Yeah. How is it just like if you're a crook? Why aren't you just stealing motorcycles? Right. Just rolling them up onto the ramp onto the back of a truck and you drive off. And then you figure out the key situation later. I'm sure there's got to right. be some somebody at a motorcycle dealership on the on the inside who can get you a key for it. Right. There's even a helmet under the seat, probably. You know. Yeah, you get a free helmet. You throw the helmet mm-hmm. in when they when they're selling it to whatever hoodlum is buying a stolen motorcycle. You throw in a helmet. That's like the closer, and they're like, "Look, I can get you the helmet." Yeah, fine. Look, I know it's maybe a little, little, uh, little gray market here on this motor, so maybe we don't have the paperwork for it, but we'll throw the we'll we'll throw the helmet in. Right. So yeah, I'm working on a show actually where it's uh, comedians and cars. You know that show? Yeah, I've seen it. And it's going to be comedians in sidecars. Right. Where it'll be Jerry Seinfeld driving a motorcycle, riding a motorcycle. Right. You put the comedian into the sidecar. Mm hmm. And the sidecar is filled with coffee, hot coffee. <laughs> comedians in Comedi- sidecars with coffee. In coffee. Right. In it's comedians inside cars in coffee, right, right, and the coffee is so hot. Do you want to hear about the first R-rated movie I saw? You know what? At this point, sure. Let's hear about it. All right, we've got, and I'm going to tell you because this is the one where you know I'm weary going into things because. Uh, the kid who told me about, I was in, about seven years old and this kid talked up this story. You know, when you're a kid and you don't get to see R-rated movies, but some kid sneaks through and they tell you all about it. And when they talk you through it in your head, it sounds like the most amazing movie. Mm-hmm. Um, well, he was telling me about Blue Thunder, right? Wait, the Roy Scheider, the Roy Scheider helicopter movie? Yep. Hold on. Wait, that was a rated R? Yeah, that was rated R. No. Yeah. Hold on a second. The Roy Scheider helicopter movie. Right. Hold on. 
and it sounds and it sounds like when they tell you about it, like this is everything yeah, that right a seven year old wants right. to watch, right? Oh, you know what I'm thinking of? I'm thinking of the dumb Clint Eastwood Firefox. Firefox is what I was thinking. Yeah, of. that's also rated R. No, hold yeah, on. Yeah, I promise you. Firefox movie. Hold on. Now Firefox is PG, my friend. Blue Thunder was rated R. Trust yeah. me. Firefox was a yes. Firefox. I Firefox was a movie. It was Clint Eastwood had to steal a, a, a high tech plane from the Russians. Right. 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 And, and three hours long. And it, and it was the most boring movie ever. And for some reason, I think I saw it more than once in the theater. Yep. I think yep. I saw Firefox over and over. And I would leave right. and just go like, and at that point I was happy to see anything. I was a little boy at that point. What are you going to do? Right, right. You don't know. Yeah. So go you ahead. Know those so, last... so you see, so this kid comes in, he starts talking about Blue Thunder. I see yeah. the greatest movie, Blue Thunder. Yep. It's a guy from Jaws, but he's got a helicopter now. <laughs> you know, and he says, the helicopter doesn't make any, any noise. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, are you kidding me? And he says, nope. And it's a super secret helicopter. And it goes all around the city, and it catches bad guys with these cameras that can see everything. Yeah. And I'm like, everything? What does that mean? He goes, it's everything. It's rated R. And I was like, okay, I, I get the picture. i got to see this movie. So he's got the helicopter outside of a window where a lady's taking a shower? What is he doing? There's something like that. or Someone's doing exercises. It's great. Right? It's, it's great. It's great that you get this high-tech piece of equipment. And right. still somebody finds a way to, to be a prevert with it. Right. This chopper right. is quiet. You can't hear anything. Let's go stare in that lady's apartment with it. Wait, you sure? Sure that's really what we're going to use? You know, this thing burns about $30,000 worth of fuel every time we take <laughs> it up. You sure you really want to stare in this lady's window with it? It's also a risk. doesn't matter what kind of chopper we got here. Still a chance we'll clip a tree. Right. So, well, it so, sounds like what, what people do with drones now. I bet you there's a guy with a drone, and he's just like, oh, "I'm going to name it." You think? Thunder. You think there's some creep staring in windows with drones? If anything, I'm guess. if we should start a business, you and me. What's your name again? Mm-hmm. Ivan. Ivan. Where are you calling from again, Ivan? I'm from El Paso, but I'm in San Diego. All right. What would you think about this as a business, Ivan? All right. Drone busters, right? Mm. Right. And it's just, we go through neighborhoods with bats and with our own drones, and we blast these prevert drones out of the air. Right. right. Like good guy drones. Yeah, good, yeah. Drone busters. We're right. the we're the good guy drones. That's what the yep. uh, that's what it would say. Right. I love it. Ivan I'm in. I'm in Tom. All right, buddy. Have you have a good night. You too. show hi hi tom hi who's this this is paul from toronto 
Paul how are you doing? from Toronto. What's up, Paul? Well, how are you doing? I'm Feeling okay. well? I'm okay. Yeah, thanks for asking. Well, we care about you, Tom. You well, know thank that. You. I appreciate it, Paul. I appreciate it. I appreciate it. Well, yeah, like, that's well, nice. It's not, the sun isn't a death can from the sky anymore. Pleasant outside. I can't complain. But either way, I got something for a topic. What do you got, Paul? Okay, number one, I got to preface something. Okay, when you say first R-rated movie, does it have to be in the theater or just... No, not in the theater necessarily. Okay, um, the first R-rated movie I saw was Apocalypse Now, and I watched it with my dad. Mm-hmm. How old and, were you? Uh... Probably twelve. Okay, that's that's uh, that's kind of about the right age to 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 take in an R-rated movie that's with you with your with your pop. Well, and they also like he, well, like basically like he was like I don't know, it came on TV and and he was like, hey, Palouche, uh, now, I know on. you like slow, slow down. you know, what, what did he say? Palouche. That that's what he would call me. Okay, he's like. I, Pelouche, okay. You're interested in the Vietnam War? Yeah. Come watch this. So you watched Apocalypse Now with your dad. Mm-hmm. Pelouche Sr. and Pelouche Jr. Sitting well, down. Well, like, well... Yeah. My dad, yeah, well, my dad was named John. Well, that okay. actually wasn't his real name, but, like... Mm-hmm. So John and Pelouche sitting down. Yeah. To watch a thing. That's a nice story. Love well, and, and the first one that I watched solo was Life of Brian. Sure. I'm pretty sure that's R-rated. Yes, that's R-rated. Okay. Did you laugh? Oh, yeah, I loved it. Yeah? And not only that, it was like, basically like, <clears throat> they were just launching this uh, channel in, in Canada called uh, Showcase. Mm-hmm. That's the one that like had Trailer Park Boys like as their like original series like later on, but like when they... Mm-hmm launched it, it like about 20 years ago mm-hmm. it was at midnight and that's the first thing they showed was the life of brian and that was the first r-rated movie i watched all by myself you know what i think we're missing with trailer park boys more episodes i wish they would just make more of them there's not enough of it well they got like they got their presence I mean, they got a podcast I mean, and everything look. and like They've only made 19 seasons of this thing. <laughs> All right, my well, friend. They're doing good. Also, yeah, go ahead. first concert. Yeah. Okay. 2002. I forget exactly what date it was, but it was 2002 at a venue in Toronto that no longer exists. It's probably condos by now, or at least like beginning of condos. The Cool House. I saw it. Okay, headliner, Bad Religion, supported by Lesson Jake, which by then I was like, kind of like, all right. Best show, hi. Hey, it's uh, Colin in Pittsburgh. Colin in Pittsburgh. What's up, Colin? Uh, I got two for the topic. What do you got? 
Okay, first show yeah. that I ever went to was uh, the Ramones final tour for a friend's bar mitzvah. Okay. At the Capitol Theater in Port Chester, New York. All right. They, uh, I moshed the first ever time. You what? You moshed? I, I moshed. How was that moshing in a, a theater with seats? There's no seats. They pulled the seats out on the bottom. There was like right. a... Okay. There was like a... What is it called? Like a balcony up top that had some seats and on the bottom as well the rowdy young people went. And then okay. someone started smoking a little weed. Yeah, right. Yeah. And my friend whose bar mitzvah was said, it smells like my dad's office in here. Yeah. Somebody's dad's uh, sparking it, huh? Right? Yeah. Sparking it up. Yeah. That Capitol Theater in Portchester, you knew who played there a whole lot? Not who? My boys. The Grateful Dead. <laughs> yeah, man. Hello. Hi. Welcome. Who's this? My name is Johnny. I'm in Chicago. What's up, Johnny? Uh, well, I, I'm nothing much. I'm working at night here, doing some uh, drawing and listening to the best show. Um, but actually, I was just thinking about the Grateful Dead that you're playing, and that's kind of the best dead that I've heard ever. So I don't know. You kind of turned me on to the Grateful Dead for something. Yeah, cool, man. That's what I'm trying <laughs> to do. Trying to just turn yeah. people onto good tunes, man. Yeah, man. Just sit back. Um, but hold on, cool out, bro. I'm playing some dead. Cool out. I'm playing Saint Stephen. Ooh, all right. Yeah. Check this part. That sounds like Avalanche Bob. Yeah, man. You know what the great thing about this one is? After St. Stephen, they go into the 11. <laughs> turn on your love light. So what's up? What was your first show? My first show uh, was The Who. The Who. Uh, yeah, uh, Roger Dalter, Keith Townsend, and John Entwistle. I don't know who was playing drums, but um, I was like seventh grade, and my brother took me with his friend. Sure. Probably um, Zach Starkey. I'm sorry? Probably Zach Starkey was playing drums. So anyway, you see, so you go see them, and how is it? Did you go nuts? Oh, man, it was fantastic. I mean, we were in the lawn, and we actually brought binoculars. So, you know, I saw them, like, in, you know, they were about a quarter inch big. But uh, it, was, it was a great first timer, for sure. That's good, right? Yeah. I can't, yeah, I'm not complaining. No way. All right. Um, but, uh, first uh, rated R movie was yeah. Blade Runner at the Outdoor Theater, and I was in second grade. It was a double feature with Tron. So you saw Blade Runner and Tron yeah. together. Which one played first? Oh, Tron. Yeah. Yeah, you can't play yeah, that's like I think that's rated G. I don't know. It should be rated S. <laughs> it sucks. I saw it so many times. It's not a good movie, bro. 
No, it's not. It's visually, it's pretty cool, but yes, it's a snooze. It's, yeah, it's a snooze. Yeah, it's, okay. a, it's, it's a snooze, and it's a Star Wars ripoff. <laughs> I used to um, go to the theater every night and see. I would go literally go to the theater near my house. I'd ride my bike over and see it every night. Um, and then I, I would so I bring a, the theater was such a dump of a theater. I would actually bring my own a pillow to sit on because the theater was so terrible. <laughs> yeah. Look, was I weird as a kid? Yeah, I was. Mm-hmm. Not saying well, I was. You were comfortable. I wanted to be comfortable when I watched Tron four nights in a row. <laughs> <laughs> um, speaking of kids, I, I have a son, and when he was six, um, like I gave him this commando toy that we had from when I was a kid. And uh, he loved it so much that he, he like all he wanted to do was see Commando. Mm-hmm. So, like one day last summer, we, we put on Commando for him, and he loved it. It was it was actually really entertaining. It's a pretty good movie still. Good, good. You yeah. showed your son Commando. <laughs> yes, I love it. I, well, because I was also thinking of Wally Wackerman last week, where you know. <laughs> he had, he had to, you know. Hey, uh, he did not show. Z-Man did not show Warriors to his six-month-old child. You take that back. You don't accuse uh, him of that. Get yeah, off but, my phone. Get off my phone. You know what? Sometimes when life gets a little tough, Mike, you know what I like to do? Sit back. Crack open a cold Kirkland light. Lady Listen to my boys. Riding across the morning sun. Sunlight's shining. Done with that. Darkness trips and bids the day goodbye. Speeding after sharp and arrow. But what a lot of fleeting matters you have spurred. Several seasons with seasons Wrapped the baby in scarlet covers Here we go, here we go, baby Yeah Hey, it's, uh, it's time Mike, can you call uh, Greg? Here, let me let me write the number down. Hold on. He said he was supposed to pick me up. He should have been here by now. It's not here. What else is new? Here, come get this number. Okay, just thanks. Yeah, he calls. So he does the same thing. Calls big plans. We're gonna do this. We're gonna do that. 
We're going to Montauk. He's talking about eating here and the poker game and part. It's just always big plans. You got the line? Okay. Yeah, I want to see what he says. Greg? Okay. Greg. 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 Wake up. Wake up, Greg. 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 You there? Greg. It's not. Of course he fell asleep. Unbelievable. It's unbelievable. Ked does the same thing every time. What should we do after the show, Mike? You want to do a thing? We'll do a thing. What if me and Mike did a thing? Pat, would you set it up for me and Mike to just do a thing? Best show, hi. Hey, Tom, it's John in Lawrenceville. How are you? John in Lawrenceville. I know who this guy is. What's up, John? I'm calling so late in the show, they should call me John from Honolulu. I know, right? I know. But I do have something quick for the topic. That's a burn. No, I love Fred. No, well, we all love him, but it's a burn. I want to say this about this Fred from Honolulu. I love this guy. He spun this tale. I'm not even going to get into specifics with it. He spun this tale, he told me. And then I found out the reality of things, and I'm just like, all right, Fred. He's a fabulist, is what he is. He's a fabulist. So, John, go ahead with your story. So, my first concert was Men at Work with In Excess opening at the Man Music Center, apparently in August of 1983, with my parents and my sister. And did In Excess, In Excess opened? They did. Did they come out and do, it's the one thing? You know, I remember almost nothing about the show except the oversized program that I bought and the T-shirt that I got in the parking lot that both turned pink and shrunk after the first uh-huh. wash. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. How were men at work? How were they? Had... They were great. They were everything I wanted them to be in August of 1983. Was the dude there with his flute? Is that Greg Ham? The late, great Greg Ham. Was he there? But, of course he was there. They were all there. That's, I'm glad they were all there. That Was that tough tough guy drummer there? That guy looked like a, like a, like a, uh, like a rough you up if you didn't buy a Men at Work program. He'd be like hanging out by the merch table, be like, Oi, you uh, ain't gonna buy a minute work, work program? And he'd be like, Well, I'm uh, 13, I don't have money. Yeah, let's see how much money you got in your pockets there. 
Jerry Spicer, one of the four out of five members of Men at Work that has a Wikipedia page. Jerry Spicer. So four of them have Wikipedia pages, but John Reese from Men at Work does not for some reason. Come on, fans. can't believe the Men at Work fans would not... Somebody wouldn't just go open a, a Wikipedia page for John Reese from Men at Work. So that was the first show you saw. How about the first show? Sure. Already well, well I, I was sort of calling about that, but more importantly, do you know about Clint Connolly of Mission of Burma's first concert? I don't. So apparently he was in fifth grade. He was nine or ten years old. Uh-huh. And his first concert was the first Velvet Underground show at Summit High School in 1965. That's right. That's where they did it. Summit High. They uh, they were oh the opening act the Velvet Underground, yes for a band just, whose name um, eludes me at this moment. But just imagine if you're going to your first concert and that's your first concert. Is the Velvet Underground terrifying some children? I worked in Summit, New Jersey for a long time, and I would would go past that high school every day, and every day I'd say to myself. That's where it all began, right there in that high school. That's where it all began, and I'm right there near it. I could feel the energy coming off that that place. And then I would drive past uh, the uh, the clothing uh, place in New Providence, New Jersey, that also that sold tickets for the show. I believe it was called Arthur's on Springfield Avenue. They would sell tickets. There's like tickets for the show available. If you look at the ads, it's like at Arthur's. So if you wanted tickets to that show, you went to a clothing shop in a town, one town over to get tickets. No, that's get, pretty good. To see the middle class. The middle class with opening act, the Velvet Underground. That, I thought that was worth sharing. No, that's a good story, and it's. I think that's included in Ryan Walsh's book, Astral Weeks, I think, discusses that first show. Oh, nice. Huh? I haven't had a chance to read that yet. It's a good book. It's a good book. You'll Excellent. like it. First R-rated and, movie, John? Uh, Trading Places. That's a biggie for people. And the, the main thing I remember about that, it was a, a second-run screening at mm-hmm. Princeton University. It used to have a, a film series. Mm-hmm. But they they didn't have a proper movie theater to show the series in. Mm-hmm. So I saw Trading Places in one of those chemistry labs with sinks at the front of the room in, in front of the screen they were projecting sure. the movie on. Yes. Great way to see that movie with sinks, lab laboratory sinks in between you and the screen. As it was intended to be seen. The magic of movies. Indeed. John, thank you so much. I hope you're well. I'm doing all right. I hope you're doing well, too, Tom, and I hope our paths cross soon. Thank you, honey. I'll talk I'll to see you ya. soon. Bye. Final calls for tonight. Best show, hi. How you doing there, strangest? Oh, look who it is. I can't believe it. As I, as I, uh, I'm, 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 it's nice to hear your voice, BB. Yours, too. How are you doing? Oh, so. Better? Better. Yeah. Some rough sledding there for a little bit. Oh, sweet mother of pearl. 
Yeah, yeah, I've been down the rabbitest of holes, my friend. Yeah, all because you were chasing the rock. <laughs> right? Yeah, it had a lot to do with it. Yeah, you chased it. And the, the, there's a reason it's called rock. Yeah, because it's hard. Yes. It's hard as hell, man. So you had a rough, I, I, you had a rough, uh, rough trip. Yeah, uh, so you would have, you would have missed me uh, barfing in the whiskey, like projectile whammo. Oh like, boy! Uh, yeah, I actually ran my uh, power chair into the bouncer's uh, stool. Because you went, you went from Las Vegas, baby, from Las Vegas. You went to go see Alphaville. Yeah, and I never made it. In in Los Angeles, and you had some, you had some health concerns. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, fast forward three days. Um, yeah, I had some. You know what though? I, had, I don't want to talk about it. You don't want to talk about it. You don't have to talk. All that matters to me is that. Today we are talking about we are talking. That's all that matters. The only thing I want to impart to our friends out there: if you can avoid going in the hospital right now, please do it. If you can avoid going in the hospital, <laughs> try to yeah. avoid going in the hospital. That's great advice. Absolutely, I know that sounds. Uh, no, it makes sense. Yeah, if there's any way you can get around it. Um, home infusion. Uh, anything. Well, you're back home now. Oh, hell yeah. Good. That's all that matters, BB. Yeah. Yeah. And I got, uh, I got, uh, topic line stuff, too. All right. What's... I did not show up empty-handed. I would never expect anything less. So what, which one do you want to talk about first? Oh, uh, probably the one that, uh, came first. It's probably the R-rated movie, and that was M.A.S.H., Mash. Yeah, before they took all of the, um, they they just chopped it up a little bit, and then they reissued a PG version or a PG thirteen. I'm not really all that sure. And the other one, well, there was might might be one that predated it, but it was before Jack Valenti was even working for Richard Nixon, and my mother took us to see the Dirty Dozen. So, okay, that's a good one. And I was like seven. What would you think about a Dirty Dozen remake? <laughs> right? Kind of badass if you do it the right way. Just picture this. Logan Paul. Oh, Jake Paul. Right? Right off the bat, there's two of the Dirty Dozen. Who else do we put in this thing? I was down with a Logan Paul for RoboCop because yeah. there's that part when he gets all shot up. Yeah. Who? Yeah, no, that's true. Who else should yeah, be in this thing? AP Mike. Logan Paul, Jake Paul, AP Mike, Joe Mandy, um, the guy from Alphaville. Which guy? Who should it be from Alphaville, from the band? Is the bad guy? Well, I was thinking it was the Ronnie Cox role. I think that should go to, um, crap, Joe, um, Joe Para. Joe Para. Okay, so we got 
Logan Paul, Jake Paul, AP Mike, Joe Para, Joe Mandy. Who else should be in this thing? Let's see. There was a chick, the Nancy Allen role. So there was some sort of okay love interest. Uh huh. Or that'll be Claire um, O'Kane. Claire O'Kane. Yeah, we'll figure the other six out next time. We figured we filled in six of the dirty dozen now. Hey, we're the dirty dozen. Well, you got to get the new Chuck Bronson. You got to get your new Lee Marvin. You got to get your new Jimmy Brown. Yeah. We'll fill, we'll fill it in. We'll fill it in. So, so, so what was the first concert though, BB? Uh, the Cars with, uh, Bram Tchaikovsky opening. Bram Tchaikovsky, who sang the song. The Girl of My Dreams. That's right. And where was that show? Uh, War Memorial Auditorium, or more fondly known as the Odd in Buffalo. That would have been 78. So that's primo cars now. Oh, yeah, that was um, well, that was pre-Candy O. It yeah. was right right about, I think that was the that first album. Yeah, that's a guts. Just the self-titled eponymous. Yeah, yeah. that's a good album. Yeah. I should have been more excited about Bram Tchaikovsky because uh, Mike Oldfield had produced that album, but I did not know that. Because I came from... Well, it was also... Uh, everything is pre. It was uh, pre-internet. If I wanted to know anything, I had to go to the library and thumb through, through the NMEs and the Melody Makers and try not to rip stuff out of them. See, yeah, it's hard. It's hard not to tear those 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 ads out which are like little posters mm-hmm bloodites yeah bloodite theft you're okay you you're okay take a jpeg that's all i need to oh, know. Hell. good that's all i want to know i could take a yeah, couple more no, calls i gotta know, wrap was, this thing uh, but you know it's good now man so good a little touch and go but it doesn't matter good that's all that matters yeah, to me, baby. catch up with all that i'll figure all out right. what's gonna happen still kind of an open issue but isn't everything what is that exactly what isn't an open issue oh no no i still it's i still got to get my box set man got to get the box set of the concert i missed the alphaville box set yeah and i'm apparently due for a few of them all right get one of these uh, get who look somebody from the alphaville camp should come through uh, yeah. We'll figure this out. I'm going to get involved in this. I'm throwing, I'm going to throw my hat in the, this thing, get you with your just desserts from this Alphaville show. I saw them, I saw them at dinner. All right. They're all sitting together in the brewery, uh, brew pub in the hotel. That was great. That was worth, you know, and that was free. Good. Well, you did, I'm getting you what you need. Alphaville don't know what they, what's coming their way now. In my case, they wouldn't know what hit them. Yeah, well, they're gonna find out. I'm getting you everything from Alphaville, baby. <laughs> All right, you have a great night. I will. I catch up with you shortly, man. Without a doubt, I'll talk to you later, my friend. Take All care. Night. Right. Final calls. Best show. Hi. 
Hey, Tom Sharpling. This is Sean from Kansas. Sean from Kansas. What's up, Sean? Final calls. Final calls. What do you got for me, my friend? Well, I feel very special, Tom. Um, I'm. Um, I, you talked about the Ant Man movie. I just recently saw it, and you know, being from Kansas, I've actually met Paul Rudd before. Um, nice guy. He's, yeah, he's, he is. A, he is a, an awesome guy. Uh, I ran to a pub that sounds true from my parents' house, and his mother was with him. And I froze up. I didn't know what to say. And so I said, hey, I recognize you. And he said, oh, yeah, from where? And I was like, you're that guy from Clueless. And his mom started laughing pretty hard, and I just kind of just, like, froze up. And was like, hey, it's nice to meet you. And then turned around and walked away real quick. But um, That's a good, that's uh, a good thing. You did the, a thing, the... you made his mom laugh, and then you split. Yeah, I, I just didn't know what to do. I was, I was afraid I embarrassed him in front of his mother. Right, but, uh, no, he's, he's an awesome guy. You did all right. Um, about the topic, um, I actually had something to share. Yes. Um, my first concert, I saw Casey and the Sunshine Band with the Village People at Kaufman Stadium. Nice. Who took you to that? My parents. Okay. Is that what your parents, is that the music your parents were into? Yeah, my mom was a big disco fan, so the opportunity to go to Kaufman Stadium to see them perform was a pretty big deal. Early 90s. And were you dancing around? I was. I was. I was, you know, I was born in 88, so at that time I think I was maybe six, maybe seven years old. Were you dressed as one of the village people? No, I couldn't be that lucky. Uh, I think we just wore it as a summer concert, so, you know, T-shirt and shorts. <laughs> but, um, you did as it, far as, you uh, did it. That's a good, yeah. What's the first R-rated movie you saw? Uh, it was actually, we watched it together as a family uh, back in the day of uh, VHS cassettes. Coming back from the grocery store, my parents brought home Stripes for us to watch, and I think I was probably about seven years old at that time, too, and we all watched it together. I just had to cover our eyes if there was any nudity. Big, it was a big year for you. Casey and the Sunshine Band, Village People, Stripes. Life-changing. Yeah. Yeah, I'd say so, but the first movie I snuck into the theater for R-rated was probably The Crow. So I uh, got about 30 minutes away from my parents, and then they caught me, so I got brought back in. Which movie? The Crow with Brandon Lee. Oh, the, okay, the, the Crow. Okay, gotcha. All right. Look, my friend, I got to wrap it up. Tommy. I know, Tom. Thanks very much. All right, you have a grand evening. You too, Tom. Bye-bye. You know, Mike, I don't know if you think about things like this. I do. We should do a show after. You want to do a show after this, Mike? We'll just talk. You Just you and me. You know. What's that? We'll figure a name out while we do it. You know. I don't know if you think about things like this, Mike, but... I do. You think about what those first... R-rated movies you saw were. And you think about those first concerts. And that's when you're just at the beginning. When everything was just fresh, you're full of hope. And you don't know what it means to be an adult at that point. You don't know what's around the corner. You don't know the ups and the downs and the the fallow times. You just don't know. It can be hard. It can be surprising. 
you see adults doing things and you think life is going to go one way, you're sure you know what life is. Do you? When you're a little kid, no, you don't. You don't know what it's going to be. It can be hard. Curveballs coming from all different directions. Keep you on your toes. You realize these adults in these movies seems like they got it figured out, but they don't have it figured out. But you know who does have it figured out? No one's got it figured out. That's who. Nobody knows what they're doing. And you start to realize that as you get a little older and you realize nobody knows what they're doing. So the only thing you can do is to do what you can You Take care of what you can control and you ask yourself... What is it that I can control? Maybe I can control more than I thought I could. Maybe I can have more of an impact on people than I ever thought I could. And you look and suddenly you realize if you're a good person and you do things and you let people know how to do good things, you show people by example, you do good things. That's what you hear. You got, you're lucky enough to have two arms and a working brain and two legs, God willing, you can do what you, you can do things, then you do things. And you don't even need those things. As long as you've got a heart that believes in what's good and what's right, and you do something with it, you do whatever's within your power to do it, then you do it. That's what makes a difference. That's what you do, and that's what being an adult is about. Yeah, the world, you got these people saying we're in hell and it's a garbage fire and stuff. There's a luxury to saying that stuff. You know what? The people who are in the crossfire, the crosshairs, they don't get to just say it. They got to make it through it. And you got to make it through it. The thing we can do, don't just revel in the fact that things are bad. Ask yourself, if things are bad, how can I make things good? And then you figure something out and you do something about it for once in your life. Contribute! Don't just tweet about stuff. Figure out how you can do it, and then you do it, then you're allowed to go, and you can sit back, and you can say to yourself, I made the world a better place, so now I'm going to listen to the music of Juliana Hatfield performing Olivia Newton-John. Best show. Back next week. 